right. Good stuff there from uh, CCP. I <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, thank you, whoever found that clip. Uh, really good one right there. All right, boys and girls, welcome. Thank you for joining us here. Another uh, Wednesday edition, Odin's Day, no-go zone. That's what we do here at Red Ice TV, redicemembers.com. Uh, it is, what is it, 17th of August, uh, 2022. We are not going out on Telegram right now because of an audio issue uh otherwise we'll be back on that wagon here next uh next live stream i've sorted out the issue that uh by then that happened uh but anyway fear not you can join us over at entropy stream you can watch at redice.tv forward slash live you can watch at odyssey rumble vk uh or why not over at uh twitter for example all right lots to go through today we're going to cover a little bit of, of the continued kind of FBI and uh, well, the deep state. Uh, you know, if you if you prefer that term, why don't we just keep it simple? The globalists, right? Uh, <laughs> their war, uh, really, on uh, right wingers and conservatives. Now, even if you don't take a side in that war, I think if you are a viewer of this program and appreciate the perspectives we share here, they will go to war with you. Uh, so that's kind of part of why we want to highlight that as well. They're really going hard after. Uh, Trump after the whole Mar-a-Lago thing, but it's this narrative now being created that basically, they you know these these conservatives and MAGA people and right wingers and, and and yes even if you don't consider yourself part of that group they will rope you into that they're going to commit terrorism and basically we have to kind of outlaw an entire political perspective an entire uh, basically our opposition have to be criminalized and outlawed and you see that point uh, really being driven home hard in the media. So we're going to begin covering that and, and show you a couple of uh, uh, clips from some of the latest uh, MSNBC shows where they just go over this over and over again. It's like someone released the press release, the intelligence services, right? They release their press releases and then the media, uh, their little uh, lap, lap dog, right, uh, just goes to work and uh, pushes that narrative hard uh, on day one without questioning any of that. Uh, so we'll talk about that and kind of the wider context of that. Maybe that will go. Uh, we have some exciting footage from uh, some of the IRS uh, agents training. Yes, they're going to, of course, go uh, you know, carry weapons now. We talked about how much money and how much weapons they bought and stuff like that. Uh, so we'll take a look at a cringe, uh, I guess, recruiter training video. <laughs> uh, and so that's always fun. We have a little bit of the anti-white stuff as well to go through today. Uh, there's always some of that. There's some stuff coming out about uh, Hollywood and the entertainment industry. Things, I think, that's not a surprise really to anybody of you guys out there, but it could be good to add on the evidence of just what a depraved, sick, perverted, uh, degenerate and disgusting field that the entertainment industry is and how it targets uh, kids. So we have a little bit on that. Some just short stuff on uh, COVID, monkeypox, and um, then really we'll take a look at a little bit later in the show. We have some footage from China, some new tech that's coming out, uh, some weird uh, sick stuff from uh, from China as well, attributing uh, to our uh, nice little CCP clip in the beginning there. And uh, some AI art. We shared it on Telegram, but I wanted to show you guys if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, terrifying uh, art, if you can call it that, made by artificial intelligence, uh, which is kind of interesting. And it really shows you this thing, too, that it's uh, kind of doesn't really create on its own. It just takes and mix and match and merge. That's basically what it is able to do. Uh, nonetheless, very, very disturbing stuff. Uh, and then we'll see what we have time for a little bit later in the show. As we have a, a little bit on the shortages issues as well, right? That's continuing. We have dr a drought issue. Uh, 
in England and other places, and the droughts actually leading to uh, discoveries, if you will, of various things, right, from uh, cities to uh, to stones that haven't been uh, visible, uh, over, you know, over the surface since uh, what the 1500s, something like that, uh, and so many of them further back than that. So that's some of the stuff we're going to go into today. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. If you uh, do want to join in, I encourage you to uh, join us over at entropystream.live slash TV, And that's uh, Super Chats. We read those on the air. I'm looking for one source here. Why can't I find that? Oh, there we are. There we are. Okay, let me start that up. Uh, Yes, so you can join us over there. Rumble and Odyssey is open as well if you want to shoot Super Chat over there. And I'll keep an eye on that throughout the show. Uh, but uh, yes, we appreciate you joining us. Check out the latest member show. I always like to do a little plug for that here at the start of the Wednesday show. That was uploaded uh, actually a little bit later this time, Tuesday. Uh, but I spent a lot of time with the editing of that, and I think it was worth it. Definitely some uh, some good stuff. So definitely make sure you check that out. Uh, basically, everything is being uh, weaponized. We talked about the Boston Children's Hospital, the crazy stuff. Some videos came out from that. Absolutely sickening what they're doing. And then they're... As soon as they're found out, they're like covering it up or like pretending that they're not doing the thing that you've, you've caught them red-handed doing. Uh, in this case, of course, it's promoting the, the trans issue on teens and surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, check that out. RedEyesMembers.com up right now. Really good show as usual. Uh, so good stuff. All right. So let's begin uh, a little bit kind of unrelated uh, uh, thing here, really. I wanted to start on the Musk stuff. We kind of been... Following that a little bit, not really. I don't think it would make much difference, to be honest. Uh, but they claim the latest development here is a win for uh, Musk. Uh, they claim he scores a major court victory against Twitter. If anything, I'd, I'd love to see uh, you know Twitter being hurt badly by this. That would, I, I guess, in this point, it's the best outcome maybe in the situation. Uh, Elon Musk scored a major victory against Twitter as a Delaware judge has ordered Twitter to hand over its information on bot accounts to him. And of course, it's we've been saying that for some time that this is a huge, not only echo chamber, but like a uh, bot machine uh, that's actually being used to like sway elections and influence people's opinions and stuff like that. And Twitter seems to be so inflicted by the bots uh, that uh, this might cause the whole deal between uh, you know, Twitter and Musk to fall apart. Now, I think it's heading towards closing anyway, but uh, since they're kind of granting him to, I guess, peer into this world and just see how bad it is with the bot situation before it closes, uh, that could be very, very good. And I, I believe, by the way, too, that Musk wanted to kind of have these uh, certain specific conditions, like it can't be more than, I forget what it was, 5% bots that are a part of the user accounts on, on the platform. And it, I mean, there's some people speculate there might be 20%, maybe even more. This is how someone like Joe Biden can, you know, have what? What does he have now? Like twenty-one million followers? Or is it more? Is it more now? I, I forget what it is. Maybe it's eighty. Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, but then, like, no one shows up to his uh, rallies and stuff like that, right? So this is basically all, all like uh, opinion, peer pressure, uh, propaganda. Uh, you know, a, a machine that Twitter's turned into to like sway opinions and and push certain narratives and stuff. Well, this is what everyone out there believes. This is what we. Uh, this is what we think, and and you know. <laughs> So that seems to be the majority of the uh, issue that's happening with Twitter, which is causing this deal to be delayed so, so far. It says here on Monday, uh, Ch- Chancellor is that what it is? Chancellor Kathleen McCormick of Delaware Court of uh, Chancery said Twitter had to collect the documents from former general manager of consumer product Kayvon Buck- Buckpour 
review them and then give them to Musk's team. Bot and spam accounts on Twitter have become a central issue in the legal fight over whether Musk, who is Tesla Inc.'s chief executive, must complete his $44 billion acquisition of the social media company. Twitter was ordered to collect, review, and produce documents from former general manager, blah, 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 uh, and, and hand them over basically to Elon's team. Twitter and lawyers for Musk, the world's richest person, did not, well, at least according to official records, uh, did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Uh, Beck Poor, who left Twitter after the social media company agreed in April to be acquired by Musk, Musk, was described in Musk's court filing as one of the executives most intimately involved with determining the amount of spam accounts. Again, maybe that's why, uh, maybe that is why we saw a natural organic growth, like far left account lost, lost like a significant amount of followers, while more or less right-wing accounts gained a lot and it was like an organic growth process already so maybe when he left they just they took off that flip you know flipped the switch <laughs> like disabled the bots and whatever choke point they had on like followers like release that or something I, I don't know what's going on anyway we'll see what happens uh best best scenario outcome i don't know it, it musks buys it and it becomes slightly more free speech that would be i guess the best deal or, or that it falls through and like bankrupts uh, Twitter, or they lose so much in stock value that like uh, people pull out. Essentially, I guess that would be the best thing, right? All right. So let's talk a little bit about the FBI thing here now, and let's begin with Project uh, Veritas. Not that one. Did we not open that one? Let me open this link here, and uh, just to show you that, of course, this is what we uh, kind of knew all the t all along, right? They're basically seeking to weaponize. Uh, the Department of Justice and the FBI. This has been happening for a long time now. Of course, they've been doing sting operations, entrapment operations, the whole uh, debacle in Michigan with uh, Gretchen Whitmer showed this as well. But it's good when these things come to light and becomes, you know, evident. You know, the far left kind of complained on these tactics by the FBI, sting operations and such, when it was concerned roping in, you know, Muslims, uh, you know, Islamic terrorism and things like this. But when once that machine started being turned against white people and so-called domestic uh, uh, terrorists or domestic extremists, then of course they already uh, they agree with this. Now this is great. This is entrapment operation. This is totally moral and justified, and it's all good, right? So now there's an intelligence bulletin uh, that it was leaked to Project Veritas, smearing conservatives as domestic violent extremists after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. So they're spinning this narrative that basically because of the lunatic raid on Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago residence uh, and basically scoping up every piece of paper and everything they could find to try to find some evidence that he he knew about, uh, he knew that the election was rigged. And so when he encouraged people to do violence on January 6th, uh, that he, he needs to be held criminally responsible for that. Of course, I think that's a bullshit uh, narrative being driven by the media. And the and and the Department of Homeland Security too, for that matter, the the DOJ and the F and the FBI, uh, but they're trying desperately to to create this this situation so that they basically can start going after just like essentially normie tier conservatives, and th these are dangerous terrorists, and we have to control them to save democracy. Right, that's basically what they're looking at doing. The bulletin states that it's being shared. Uh, that is being shared in an effort to help local and federal partners in effectively deterring, preventing, preempting, and responding to terrorist attacks against the United States. Let's take a look at the video here, uh, which they 
received, I think, from a, just an anonymous source, I think, within the department. Check this out. This is kind of interesting, actually. A source within the Department of Homeland Security has leaked to us an intelligence bulletin marked for official use only unclassified in light of the FBI raid on President Trump. This document, dated August 12th, refers to a heightened threat from what the Department of Homeland Security calls DVEs, or domestic violent extremists, quote, motivated by a range of ideologies who have grievances against a variety of targets, including law enforcement. Domestic violent extremists are referred to in one of these paragraphs as, quote, Many of these threats include references to the perception that the 2020 presidential election was fraudulent and other claims of government overreach. The 2022 midterms in this document are also highlighted as a potential, quote, flashpoint for this violent extremism. We would not have this document, but not for the brave source inside Department of Homeland Security, a new source that reached out to us on our tip line, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com and also our Signal cell phone. We're getting a lot of sources within the federal government coming to Project Veritas because they certainly can't go to places like the Washington Post or the New York Times who quote these people on background and show you no documents at all. Now, the Department of Homeland Security has declined to confirm the existence of this document, but you can see it with your own eyes and ears, which is certainly not something the mainstream media wants you to necessarily see, but you can see it here and you can see it on our website. As you may recall, two weeks ago, a source in the FBI, a different source, sent us a series of documents revealing that the agency was categorizing patriotic symbols that are very common as indicators of, quote, militia violent extremism. And as Ted Cruz pointed out in the hearing, cross-examining Christopher Wray, the Gadsden flag, this bow tie, if I were to wear it, the FBI would consider it an indication of militia violent extremism. And as Senator Cruz so eloquently articulated, Christopher Wray, what are you doing? Yeah, so of course, this is uh, <clears throat> crazy that they're going down this route, but uh, what are you going to do? They're basically uh, starting a, a, a war <laughs> with their uh, with the opposing conservative side. It's a little bit of a circus. It's a little bit of a game. It's a little bit of a theater, uh, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, pri previously I had more kind of a dog maybe in that fight, but then at the same time, you know, because it's like, I, you know, try I've said this many times before, but... I, Someone is super gung-ho about Trump out there. No problem. Go, go ahead. You know, I, I, I understand it. Uh, me personally, eh, not so much. It was, it was fine in 2016. He had a shot and he blew it. And uh, in fact, it could be, it's not that it's be worse than Biden uh, by any means. May, let's assume that Trump got in in 2020. Maybe things would have been slightly better, like with the economy or something. But I mean, he went along with the vaccination program and the lockdown, all these things, right? We've been over that now. So you get a question, how much difference is it really, right? So he might have been better on some issues, of course, maybe the economy and stuff like that, but it could have been worse maybe in some other aspects. I don't, I don't know. But it looked like they had to get that guy out of office and they uh, did the COVID scam, uh, essentially, to, 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 to rig the election. And that was being used internationally as well to move everyone towards the fourth industrial revolution, destroy the middle class, right? This was a tactic and it was very convenient. It fit like a perfect puzzle piece at that time into the global chessboard if you will and to get him out of the picture but in you know both midterms now but also coming up 2024 um 
Trump might still be very much kind of used in the wider picture. Well, we'll see. You know, I'm just questioning how much of an outsider the guy is at this point. He certainly has all the right enemies, and it's easy, therefore, to kind of be roped up in this to a certain extent. Um, so, again, not super gung-ho about Trump, but there's there some people out there that are, like, very supportive and think that would be much better and whatever. So that that's fine if that's where you are. Uh, so it's a little bit of a theater and a circus. However, having said that, I still think that uh, even if you are not personally gung-ho about MAGA and Trump and all that stuff that we've seen, they are definitely playing on this. And, and it's like two really, you know, defined two sides that are being pitted against each other at this point. And, of course, it's the opposite side that really is escalating this by basically criminalizing anything that's associated even with mildly conservative, uh, you know, symbols or like libertarian symbols, right? I mean, if that's how hard they go after those group, what do you think about, they think about you who might even be like, you're, Trump is not hard enough. Like, what do you think you end up on that map, right? Uh, so they're, they're, they're beginning there, right? They're beginning with Trump and the MAGA movement and conservatives just to kind of expand that range later and say, well, everybody's a, uh, a Nazi and we need to stop them to save democracy, right? And just as a reminder of that, of how quickly they pick up the talking points and the media begin to push that out. Uh, if you saw that, if you didn't see this clip before, very important to see directly after the raid in Mar-a-Lago. Almost like this was a plan, right? Like do something kind of dumb and over the top and silly and just ridiculous in terms of you know the the witch hunt. Really, that will drive up the that will whip up the anger. Among, you know, the, the QAnon crowd and the MAGA people and stuff. And then consequently, if you do see some action, like we did with apparently that guy in, uh, was it uh, Cincinnati, the FBI headquarter, uh, right? He was, what was he, a nail gun or something he went, went out with? And apparently he ended up with in a shootout with the FBI and they killed him. These are easy to, I mean... I understand that some might be genuinely uh, angered by this and actually go, they flip and, and they crack and they intentionally, you know, and they go out and do stupid shit and they get shot or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, that will then be used as the fuel, right? To say, well, look, see, here's the evidence. They're they're crazy and they're dangerous. So we have to uh, move in and criminalize them or rope them up, <laughs> basically, right? But again, look, check out this, the, the QAnon extremist uh, civil war narrative that was spread directly after the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid by the FBI. Telling ABC News, there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources say there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources also telling ABC News there's been a strong reaction from some extreme groups online, including QAnon and other groups. There's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums, including those that were active before January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th including those that were active prior to January 6th. Involved in the January 6th insurrections, including those that were active prior to the January 6th riot. Some have been calling for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence in online forums and even civil war. This was the top comment on the search on the pro-Trump site, The Donald, last night. Quote, Lock and load with references to a civil war. Talking very violently about civil war. Searches for civil war spikes. They're talking about civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. This is the kind of violence. All right, there we go. So, do you see what they're uh, see what they're spinning there? <laughs> Easy. This is like a just a wide a wide net that they're casting here. 
to basically go out after anybody uh, which is not on their page. Essentially, any any non-globalist, uh, you know, non-commie, non-socialist, non-left-wing Antifa supporter, uh, just uh, just criminalize them. Just call them d- dangerous terrorists. And in fact, when we uh, when we rope them all up and we uh, put them in camps, whatever the plan is here. Uh, or, or, you know, silence them at the very least, censor them, take control of the discourse. You have to end anonymity on the Internet. Like you can see, a, just a myriad, an explosion uh, of effects of them essentially trying to save and protect democracy. And it reminded me of the, uh, was it the Sinclair? Was it the Sinclair? Was that what it was? The Sinclair Broadcasting, right? Let's see if I can find that later. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, something like that. Sinclair. I think that was it. Anyway. You know, we this is a what was it? Uh, this is a a danger to our democracy. What was the line that they spew out? We'll, we'll play it in a moment. Remind me, of, remind me of that too. So let's check out what they're pushing a little bit on some of the uh, MSNBC uh, shows here, because it's like the same thing over and over again that they're beating that same drum. And uh, you know, this will be it will be so broad that anybody will be, I think, kind of caught up in that. And so that's why it's important, uh, even if you're not like aboard the Trump train or something, and why you should be concerned about it, that these people, they uh, they hate you and they uh, want you gone and they want your kids to be trans or whatever, or, uh, you know, at the very least uh, indoctrinated by their anti-white views, etc. Uh, so let's begin with uh, Morning Joe. Is that what it's called? Morning Joe? Joe Scarborough, the guy who killed his, uh, allegedly, his uh, intern right in Florida. Uh, let's see what they're saying. A lot of changes in in the past decade and everyone's trying to do better. I, I'm not seeing it on the part of Fox. I'm not. Not even in light of this. Um, let's bring in NBC News reporter Ben well, Collins. You, you, you certainly expect much, much more, Mika. After- oh, good. Ben Collins. All our favorite. I'm sure you, you're familiar with this guy. After January the 6th. Uh, you would think. You would not expect the same mistakes to be repeated. The ginning up of Trump. Uh, of Trump's most rabid followers leading into January the 6th. That's and I, then hosts being shocked and stunned and deeply saddened when actually the riots took place and police were getting the hell beaten out of them with American flags. And suddenly they're yeah. desperately texting and calling saying, please stop, please yeah. stop. And then the next day pretending like nothing happened. And now it's happening again. It's happening again. How many times is so? So how many how many police officers have to be killed yeah. before people wake up on the far right? How many FBI agents have right. to be 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 shot Come on. before they wake up? How many FBI offices need to be attacked before they stop this? Mm-hmm. Like we don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe Trump walks again. I'm thinking. He probably does. But if not past his prologue, he'll walk again. But we don't know. And so, so why the hatred? Why, why the deliberate targeting delusion. of law enforcement officers, whipping people into a frenzy when they all know these law enforcement officers are only doing their jobs? Yeah. They're just they're just doing their jobs, criminalizing your political political enemies. They're just uh, just following the rules. Yeah, so it's just there in black and white and they're just doing their jobs. They're not responsible whatsoever when they begin like targeting people, going after people, setting them up for sting operations. This is the actual uh, argument here. Right. And, and also, I forgot to mention the reason why this side, the two you see on the screen right there, 
why they uh, and the group that they're part of are so terrified and, and, and have to do something is, of course, because of the uh, the, the wins, essentially, of some of the, uh, the, the candidates that Trump endorsed and things like this, right? Was it uh, late, uh, most recently Liz Cheney was was uh, was thrown out, right? She lost like in a landslide toward, uh, I forget what it was, but it was some Trump, uh, Trump uh, you know, um, supported candidate or endorsed candidate that won that big, bigly. And so they're panicking and they got to do something about this. And this seems to be the strategy moving forward. Essentially, it's like elections are going to be attacked and we have to uh, control these people somehow. Uh, anyway, it gets better here when Ben Collins come in. Ben Collins is with us. He's been monitoring the rhetoric, uh, among other things. And, and Ben, what do you make of... He, uh, he, he visits uh, 4chan and the Donald.win to report back to uh, <laughs> to to these people. And then it's like they, they always praise this guy like, Ben, you're moving in the, in the cesspool areas of the internet. And thank you so much. It's so important that you pull these narrative out, out for us. And as you spin it together with FBI and intelligence services to, to create a straw man and a bunch of bullshit, uh, or, or hone in on one comment of one guy and then claim that this is what everyone believes or whatever. The conversation we're having right now, we're trying to have it carefully. Um, but at the same time, we're seeing uh, sort of an incitement and even an attempt to delude viewers to look away from what's happening. And then, of course, you're monitoring the violent rhetoric uh, that you see online. Yes, people are saying bad things on the Internet. Can we uh, can we <laughs> how do we stop them and what can we how can we use the FBI to go after uh, essentially 50 percent of the of the U.S.? Yeah, it's all one big strategy. Um, what Joe said is right. <clears throat> you know, Donald Trump in these spaces cannot fail. He can only be failed, basically. And that's the uh, larger part of the strategy here is give people a litany of excuses. Steve Bannon said, flood the zone with stuff. He didn't say stuff. He said something else. But give people enough things to throw at the wall. They can just pick it off the wall, right? Throw spaghetti at the wall. Take whatever strand that you find on the floor that uh, best suits your narrative. But with that, because everybody else has a different excuse for why he didn't do the thing that he clearly did, uh, you have to intimidate the people on the other side because then it turns the conversation from, did he do this thing? Was it right? to who exactly is doing this deep state coup. And that's exactly what is part of this whole thing. As you know, uh, the New York Times reported, uh, uh, Trump sent a note to Merrick Garland saying, what can I do to reduce the heat? The country is on fire. He knows what he can do to reduce the heat. He can not release the names of FBI agents uh, on, you know, in that um, uh, search warrant. That's so you see, <clears throat> it's okay when they release uh, addresses of, for example, Supreme Court justices to the media. Uh, and when people start organizing on platforms like Twitter, so we hope it uh, goes down or suffers immensely, or at least is reformed if, uh, under Musk, right? Begin to act activate uh, the whole organization, uh, NGOs and Antifa groups and stuff to do protests outside of these Supreme Court justices' homes and stuff. But that's not, that's not encouraging violence. That's not dangerous to them or anything like that. And of course, there's a million other examples where people are uh, doxxed and hung out, whether it's people that attended Charlottesville or whatever it is right like you have a legal right to protest or you know you have you have you, you can have whatever the hell opinions you you want to and you can walk in the streets and and uh, uh and advocate for them or whatever uh but that they're like beginning to criminalize these now we have to take these things off of the the public square and the not only on the internet but the actual physical public square as well and but 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 when trump released this this document right which to to breitbart right to show 
what essentially what they were doing, what the plan was. Um, there were some names on that, and now that that is that's disgusting. That's he's encouraging violence against these people, right? But again, it's like always keep that in mind. A little bit of the theater of this too, back the back and forth, whether Trump is actively playing a role in that or not, you can kind of see how it's being used a little bit that way. That you kind of you, and and if you because if you don't have if you don't get organic, if that's the best term, violence, like genuine violence, I guess, or grassroots violence as a consequence of, of making dumb, uh, despicable uh, choices, frankly, and actions and moves, you know, by that we've seen now from the DOJ, DHS and FBI. Uh, and if you don't get a reaction from that, then, of course, you can always create those groups, you can create that environment. So hence kind of the title of today's show as well, that if you can't join them, which they've now attempted to do, right? They join groups online, they uh, they try to infiltrate, agents try to uh, provoke people, right? They, they, they groom them essentially online and stuff like that. And in some cases, this leads to actual uh, violence and harm, which of course, then it should be outlawed, right? But, you know, you, we talked about some of the shooters were like in chat rooms with ex-FBI agents and things like that. I think the Buffalo shooter, for example, was one of them. Uh, someone even said that the Uvalde shooter had been in the same. Ch- I, I never got that confirmed, but you know, we see things like that all the time where we discover that they're like in there poking at people and like, come on, do something. Um, but if that tactic doesn't work, then it's like, okay, if we can't join them, then uh, you know, then basically we have to beat them, and that's the step we're at now. It's almost like it hasn't been successful enough. So now that it's just a full-on war uh, tactic is coming on. Let's uh, let's just go after them on uh, them on every level that we possibly can uh, legally, right? Provoke them. Let's try to criminalize the the GOP essentially. Uh, let's basically say that we have to, to save democracy. We have to do this. It's our it's the only chance that we can do that. Uh, you know, Biden is not going to give up the White House if you know Trump wins or someone else wins on the GOP side uh, in 2024. Uh, they will literally do what they what they said that Trump would do uh, in 2020. That that seems to be the thing. It's just this perfect like projection um, kind of campaign. Accuse your enemies of what you actually are doing, and then by the time the um, their enemies comes out, the conservatives come out and say, "Hey, what are you what are you doing? Like th- this is not fair." Oh no, it's you, it's you who are doing that. You you we're just stopping you from doing what we <laughs> this back and forth. Pebble in the pond says, "Take a look at." Blackpill's PatCon series for a deep dive into the demonization of the right uh, uh, or, or demonization from the right that has been going on. Amazing stuff. Okay, thank you. I'm not familiar with that series. I know about Blackpill, of course. Uh, PatCon series. Cool. Yeah, was that the one he uh, talks about the uh, Ruby Ridge and uh, and uh, Waco maybe or something like that? I, I think I saw something about that. But yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. They, they've... And as I said, they they make incredible um, moves. They make incredible, I guess, bold is the only thing I can say. Like, but I mean, so in your face, uh, illegal moves and just like brutal. They they go after people, they go after families, they shoot people, they set them up and stuff like that. And it's almost like that. They're almost like, why why are they not fighting back more? Like, what are, what are they waiting for? <laughs> I mean, anyway, so we'll see where this is going. But let's continue here with the, all our favorite here, Ben uh, Collins, about how dangerous uh, all the right-wingers out there are. It's a very easy thing. He could not have an ex-aide, for example, Garrett Ziegler, uh, release the um, uh, social media profiles of the family members of those FBI agents, which is what he did on Truth Social and Telegram. 
um, you know, he they, there was a lot of. That's right. I forgot to mention that too. So something happened. Apparently, something happened on Gab recently. Here, someone had said something, and now I think he was arrested because he said something on Gab. One guy. Uh, they say that Truth Social is responsible for this. Telegram is right. So you see, all and the few alternatives that are out there. Uh, also, by the way, need to be, all be censored or at least controlled in some capacity, or they need to take the reins of all of these platforms uh, in order to get them uh, from stop communicating and talking with each other. There are a lot of ways surrogates for Donald Trump can reduce the heat. They can, you know, make it so these FBI agents aren't specifically targeted. The new thing, by the so, way, in these spaces is to um, uh, ask for the affidavit, because the affidavit will say who signed up on all this, you know. The, you know, not just the FBI agents that they can target, but the the higher level figures they can target. They can add them to their cinematic universe of villains. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is to intimidate those people into hiding. <clears throat> yeah. So, so then you said that not only did Trump's former aide on Trump's platform target the FBI agents, but also targeted the FBI agents family. Yeah, that's correct. This is about intimidation into stopping the investigation. That's all this is. Um, when you're out of excuses or you have so many excuses that it's even impossible for your base to comprehend which one they're supposed to be parroting, the you know the goal is to intimidate. Um, and it's not that hard now. These people um, dox these people, their email addresses, their phone numbers. Yeah, your uh, your side is is certainly not uh, known for doxing. No, 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 that would uh, that would never happen. See, see, see how this see how this works. It comes flings right back in their eyes, and now they're screaming like little pansies. Oh my God, they're they're attacking us. <laughs> it's just, uh, always the same thing. It's incredible. There's all that stuff, and then once that becomes not enough, you know, they start going down the list of Facebook profiles and other people who they think could hypothetically be associated. By the way, it's not clear if these are actually their family members. Could be random civilians. Um, their goal is to muddy the waters, is to just instill a culture of fear. That's what happens when you're out of legal remedies, by the way, um, is to right. try to get people to stop the investigation extrajudicially by punishing them, by you know yeah. making them feel as if they will feel a world of hurt if they continue doing justice. Uh, yeah. So first of all, it's not justice, right? That's bullshit. But uh, <clears throat> can you think? Can you guys out there think of anything else that's happened over the last I don't know, 10, 15 years? It's obviously gone on for longer than that. But let's take when you know the internet age and when that really started picking up. Do you think uh, right wingers or people who oppose open borders or migration or replacement of white people? Do you think they've been uh, uh, feeling welcomed in the discourse, or has there been any? Has there been any level of? intimidation against people who hold political views that these people do not agree with? Has there been, have there ever been censored or blocked or banned or hung out or pe their parents are being targeted because of what the, you know, someone in their family did or whatever, right? Uh, yeah, I've not, people, certainly people don't get banned from banks or lose, um, you know, financial services access. No, no, that doesn't even happen. No, be, you begin opening your mouth just slightly opposing the current order and they will try to destroy uh, your life. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why so many people want to and totally understandable want to remain uh, anonymous when they share opinions online or, or you know, talk about stuff. Um, so this is the, the this is the, the the drum that they're beating now. White supremacists are the greatest terrorist threat. Right. And so this is when the Department of Homeland Security issued that report back in uh, was it 2020. 
It's been going on for some time, but then there was that announcement by uh, the FBI as well that they're going to put as much money and resources into fighting so-called domestic extremism or terrorism as they did fighting Al-Qaeda or you know ISIS abroad and, and, and Islamic extremism. And of course, that's when things really started ticking up as well. And we predicted that. We said, look, now if they don't get the, the supposed terrorist... They'll create them themselves. They'll be them or they will actually poke them until they snap and do something. Uh, so that's what that's part of. Uh, we can end with that clip at least and go to the next one. Uh, this is uh, the readout on MSNBC. Check this out. Same same narrative here. It's all Mar-a-Lago. It's all um, uh, you know Trump and the dangerous conservative uh, GOP followers and MAGA people and stuff like that. They have now issued a joint intelligence bullet warning of a spike in threats to federal law enforcement officials since the raid. The bulletin cites an incident in which a man fired a nail gun into an FBI field office in Ohio last week. And then just today, a Pennsylvania man was arrested for making threats against the FBI on the right-wing social media site Gab. The man posted that employees yep, of the Bureau deserve to die. Joining me now is Clint Watts, MSNBC national security analyst and former... And I don't have all the details on that, what actually happened. Um... If Torba, you just handed over details or if there's a law, legal procedure on the back end or lawsuit or like you get a lawyer involved and they subpoena. I'm not sure what, what that I haven't looked into that. But uh, anyway, what ended up happening is he was he was arrested, I believe, after saying uh, the, the wrong thing on uh, Gap. For consultants with the FBI counterterrorism division. Now, Clint, aggressive language doesn't always directly cause physical harm, of course, but it does certainly create an environment where aggressive and violent uh, people feel more emboldened, which ultimately makes actual violence against people or institutions more likely. We're seeing this happen. I mean, within less than a week, Friday to Monday, we have seen two men try to declare war with agents of the federal government. What do you think we as a country should be doing to prepare? Because I do not anticipate that these attacks will just suddenly come to a screeching halt. Uh, they will not, uh, Tiffany. This is a version of what's known as mediated nor do they want them to stop. That's why they continue to antagonize the situation, make it worse, spur on these uh, absolutely ridiculous and reckless decisions uh, by the DOJ, the DHS, and FBI. What's fascinating is 10 years ago, we'd be talking about Anwar Awlaki. He would he would make uh, pronouncements on... See, here it is, the white Al-Qaeda. Here's the overlap, right? The, the, forget about the Muslim extremism. Now we have the infrastructure in place to go after people with the DHS and all that stuff. Now let's turn against white conservatives in the U.S. That's the... <laughs> so many people call that and look, here we are. He would designate targets in America and then supporters who have no direct contact with him would try and take up violence on behalf of that cause. Now what we're seeing is our elected officials targeting institutions, federal employees, in a very similar way, or what I worry about most heading into the fall, which is election workers in polling places. I really think that's going to be a frightening period for us. And that, they have that's no right. we got to stop to save people. We have to stop the election, and uh, we can't go ahead with it because it's just too dangerous. You see, see how this narrative almost writes itself here, right? Uh, over on Odyssey, Tommy Katz says, uh, it's the greatest show on earth, complete clown show. Yeah, it is a show, but it's also real because real things are happening in the world as a consequence of this game a little bit, if you will. 
and uh, and you know you you'll feel consequences of this as well even if you're not taking a side in this or even if you think uh, I mean I'm certainly I'm 100% more with the MAGA people than I am with the these insane progressive liberals right uh, is it ideal on the other side definitely not but uh, that's our job that's our job to uh, open their eyes uh, even more and, and help help them to see and things like that uh, but no this this will have uh, a potentially major impact. Uh, so that's why this is worth covering. Resources are very limited ability to secure and protect themselves. We can do this, though. We did it uh, over the last decade. Uh, we developed an international terrorism operations center and, and, you know, processes for detecting things online and then interdicting them in person. You saw that happen today, uh, but it's still not done seamlessly in the way that we would do it if it was international terrorism, because we don't have a domestic terrorism law. Without a law, you can't designate domestic terrorist groups. And you can't also, at the FBI level, open cases that are inspired cases. I mean, it's much more difficult to say domestic terrorism inspired cases when you can't really put a name on it. So it always puts the FBI or law enforcement in general on a rearward rather than a proactive footing. So they want them to just have a free hand uh, to go after anybody that they like for whatever reason, if they're just... Even if there's no suspicion there, but just for some reason they just don't like someone because of you know what they've posted or something on social media, even if it's illegal or not, they, they want to go after those people. Uh, that's what this is about. Yeah, you, you brought up. And then, two, by the way, too, this helps, of course, the, the circus, which is you know a win for us in the end too. Uh, this circus and the lies and the depravity around this is, of course, helping to expose the media. Uh, for the liars and um, essentially intelligence uh, operation that it is at this point, just how much, you know, FBI, CIA people have infiltrated the media. They're now sitting there. We saw that clip with uh, Frank Fugliocci on, on MSNBC, right, of how they're like, they're saying, we don't really like the word raid. And they're updating the lower third, the, the Chiron, live as he's speaking to, like, adhere to, <laughs> you know, like, to, to abide by him, to just, you know. <laughs> Give, they're constantly like giving these people blowjobs at every turn, and to help to expose that uh, is always a very good thing. I'm not saying media is not the root of the problem, uh, but they certainly have been a major part of the problem. They, 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 there's other forces behind there controlling the media, but you know, as the headline says, uh, there are tons of people out there now that do not uh, believe the media, and in fact, they, they've gone further. They believe they're they are the enemy of the people. One third, they say in the in the U.S. I think it's even more at this point. To be honest, uh, this one 2019. What what have they done to improve their uh, credibility since then? Uh, nothing. In fact, it's gone gone way worse than that. Interesting points there. Uh, definitely the first about. We have to stop separating the GOP and right-wing extremists because I think you make such a good point. Elected officials are demonizing institutions. We're seeing it play out before us. Second, the poll watchers. I, I think about states like Texas where the Republican governor there, Greg Abbott, has declared guns for everybody, uh, regardless of background check or training. Also empowered partisan poll watchers there. Uh, also emboldened people to uh, deputize themselves as the protector of fetuses when it comes to abortion rights. And so the confluence of all these things could certainly declare mass violence. Now, the question is, you know, trying to, to stage off or stave off a, a massive attack by droves of people is one thing. The individual acts of... This is, this is a very interesting point. Staving off, like, mass casualty events, I guess that's what she's alluding to, like mass shootings and or someone who's doing terrorism, essentially, right? 
But listen to what she says next. But how do we after single cases? Listen to this. Of violence that can pop off at any second across the country to stage off or stave off a, a massive attack by droves of people is one thing. The individual acts of violence that can pop off at any second across the country. How do you combat that or can you combat that? Because that's the example of violence that we've seen in, over the weekend. Can we, uh, speaking to that then, can we have a conversation against, uh, for example, racially motivated, motivated violence against white people? Uh, can, we, can we talk about that or no? So can we just, are we just going to continue to pretend like that's not happening? That there's not like insane lunatic attacks on like random old white people, right? We've shown you the clips of them being kicked in the face or beaten in stores or, uh, I mean, every other, every other day there's new attacks like that uh, all over. In, in Europe, we uh, have the same problem. In America, there's the same problem. Um, but no, no, see, th that's now kind of part of the, that's a terrorist thing. Although much of that's not even happening. Like if you parse out the statistics and stuff, it's very rare to actually have like right-wing attacks, but they're still drumming this narrative that this is the biggest terrorist group, this is the most dangerous, and of course they, whether you believe 9-11 was an inside job or, or an, you know, as they say officially, they always begin that statistic literally on like September 12th, 20, uh, 2001, <laughs> just as one example to like, to rig the numbers. Anyway, let's continue here. Yeah, to do that, you must be intelligence-led, meaning you have to be proactive, you have to take tips and leads in from across the country, from the online space, for example, and then figure out where those people are in the real world. We got we to sense, basically, we got to censor people. Okay, got it. World. It's a very difficult task. And I would like to add that, you know, whether it's. Or I should say, we got to surveil everybody so we know what they're talking about. Then we got to use, we got to start using new technology so we can read the, uh, the signals. Uh, in the brain, we need to tap into the the, the neural, uh, you know, transmitters and how the neurons are firing to decode the language and to so basically read people's thoughts. Right, that's what they need to do next to really know what you're thinking. And then we then we'll arrest or and or stop you based on that. See how see how this minority report scenario is beginning to come into uh, view here now too. Shooters, poll watchers, uh, extremists showing up based on elected officials. What they say. Uh, in all of these cases, for state and local law enforcement, it's nearly impossible for them to detect it and be able to mitigate it because you don't know who people are online. So it takes a triaging system at a national level. It takes working with the private sector to identify individuals who are making these violent threats. And then ultimately, it takes tight coordination between state, local, and federal law enforcement and homeland security, which is very difficult to do, by the way, when elected reps from certain parts of the country are making such baseless or harmful claims against the FBI. So the, there you see, used another one, a narrative how that's being <clears throat> drummed away at. Let's do this one too, a little bit of this one. This was a good uh, clip here. Same thing on every show, over and over, same narrative, right? Again, here's the for, for reminder. I, I know you guys have seen it, right? But the uh, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting, right? This is this is what's happening right now. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. 
Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. The balance to journalism. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media all right you get the you get the point there <laughs> it's it's just good to see to re really have that like nailed down a couple of times every now and then so you like remember just how what a what a brainwashing campaign this is right Oof. All right. Okay. So next one here. Uh, same thing. Jo what was this guy's name? Jonathan Capehart, MSNBC. More of this stuff. Listen to uh, listen to listen to this. Quick break. Stay with us. This is going to absolutely enrage the country, especially the Republican yeah. base, a base that is clearly behind. The ex-president, the Democratic Party, the media mob, they are once again teaming up to promote yet a brand new conspiracy theory. From Fox News and conservative social media to the stalwart supporters who descended upon Donald Trump's Florida resort and home, the MAGA crowd will always stand by their man. And a few days after the Mar-a-Lago search, a man who had stormed the Capitol on January 6th entered the FBI office in Cincinnati and fired a nail gun at personnel. He was later killed by police during a shootout. It appears Trump has always cost his followers money and dignity. And now his rhetoric appears to be costing them their lives. That's right. If you follow me now, <laughs> now is there a kind of a, tr a cult around Trump? Yeah, of course, there is some of that. I, I, I won't deny that. Uh, but then at the same time, he's a, you know, <laughs> That that side like scared me far less than what these other guys are doing. You know what I mean? Uh, and they're not as as insane. They're not as uh, you know. Uh, they're not anti-white at least. You know? Whoa, whoa! You get that? Oh, great. You know what I mean? Are, are they pro-white? No, not necessarily. Some are sure, that, and that's great. But, but again, that's that's our job, right? To help these uh, people see that and start taking their own side and whatnot. But man, it's like you're just saying there's no cult-ish behavior on the other side. Uh, and so the argument now is if you if you follow, uh, you know, MAGA or the conservatives, you're on that side, you're going to start you're going to start losing your life. Is that a threat? Is that like a threat uh, now when they're saying that the FBI is going to start going after and DHS going to go after all these people? Is that what that is? Ridiculous narrative here. Uh, who was it here? Uh, Mr. Wright over on Odyssey. Thank you, Mr. Wright. Good to see you. Says uh, melanin is so uh, volatile. Is that is that the... Um, what is it? The uh, there's that um, group, I guess, right? They're talking about how white people are harvesting <laughs> melanin, right? Wasn't that one of the things like melanin farmers? What are they called? <laughs> Harvesters, and that that's like the secret, uh, the secret juice, essentially, right? That white people and rich, wealthy elites want. Isn't that one of the things? So maybe maybe it's in that setting. It's volatile. If you if you manage to synthesize it or actually uh, concentrate it, and uh, it'll, it'll just go up in smoke because it's uh, it's magical, right? It's basically magical. Thank you, Mr. Wright. Appreciate that. Now, Frank Figluzzi, a former assistant director for Counter. Yes, Frank's back. Frank, good to see you, man. How you been? 
was a while ago. I think it was three days ago. Intelligence at the FBI. He's also an MSNBC national security analyst. Frank, I'm very glad um, to have you here this morning because I'm just wondering. I'm sorry, did you say analyst and Frank? Should we be more worried about, should we be worried about more violence in the name of Trump? Yeah, Jonathan, the, the death toll, what I call the Trump death toll, continues to rise. And it rose last week, as you referenced in, in Ohio, with a man who really caught the disease of disinformation, bought this big lie about the, the FBI search. We have Trump and his minions just inspiring people to radicalization without any facts attached to it. No, not, no mention of a subpoena that failed, no mention of probable cause and a magistrate and the process that works, no mention that top secret compartmented information was indeed found or that Trump's lawyer claimed to the government that they had given everything back to the government and that was false. The facts aren't. So they switched that to again. This is kind of getting into the weeds of it. I just like to mo- kind of more look at from from overhead of this and see like how one side playing off of the other in a way and how they're encouraging this fight and, and stuff. To if they were genuinely you know interested in actually like de-escalating this, they would back off on this insane coverage and, and these lies that they're pushing and basically just like hey, let's just leave it alone. Let's back off. It would probably kind of wither away after a while, to be honest, but. Again, there, Trump has all the right enemies, which is kind of helping to create this cultish environment around him. Uh, again, whether you're you know genuinely pro-Trump or not, it, fine either way, I don't care about that. But like, they're doing absolutely everything they can in their pl- playbook to make the situation worse, uh, to spur on essentially this violence. Because again, as we said, they want this; they would benefit from this. So this would actually be, the, you know, in that's with the best case scenario for them. Because then they could finally do all the crackdown that they want. And as we've said, even if they don't get that violence, they will create it. They will actually make those individuals or they will groom them or they will just outright fake it if they have to. Getting in the way of people who simply want to consume conspiracy theories, even to their own demise. And, you know, we, we saw yesterday at FBI Phoenix armed protesters carrying even assault-style rifles in front of an FBI building. So, oh no, here we go. You know, you mentioned the death toll from um, from Trump so far with regard to the Capitol, and you know, Ashley Babbitt was shot because she bought the big lie. But police officers died. Oh yeah, she yeah, she wasn't uh, she wasn't shot uh, by what was his name again? Was that was that another Frank? What was his name again? I even forgot his name, right? She wasn't actually shot by the guy who never was essentially found out. Or I mean, his identity was eventually known, right? But that was only because of uh, some sleuthing, I think, on the kind of the alt uh, alt conservative side of media. What was his name again? The guy who shot her. But anyway, the point is, like, if you follow Trump, you you will you will die. You're going you're going to get hurt. Stop doing it. As the result of defending the Capitol, including suicides amongst police officers. And let's go a step further with regard to what Trump and his minions spew out that radicalizes people. The El Paso Walmart shooter in his writings echoed the very language of Trump. Yeah, Michael, that's right, Michael Byrd, thank you. Uh, Denise DeKell, thank you, that's right, Michael Byrd, Byrd, that's right. With regard to quote unquote brown invaders. (laughs) And And then there's this, and it's kind of that like, (laughs) <laughs> Police officer. It sounds like if if only. So, 
<laughs> I mean, Trump said some funny things back in 2016. It was fun. It was it was it was something new. He, you know, he, it was it was it was shaking things up a bit. I I totally get it. You know, kind of at that time. Now it's kind of a bit old. You know, I mean, now it's like all right. You know, now they're kind of. Now, now I think the other side have kind of learned to play that game, and maybe they did it back then too, right? Uh, does that because it, I mean, there's genuinely a large group of people, especially those in the media and stuff, that genuinely like are I think afraid of Trump and they think he's going to do all these things, which of course n- never happened. I mean, he had he had all that time, he, he had all that control, but you know, this is like, I mean, hey, we got to go back to old school days of red eyes here. Like <laughs> number one is like. The president of the United States doesn't hold the power. It's other people. It's the permanent government. It's executive power. It's money, of course. It's uh, the, the the bankers on the back end. We can go over and over this. It's even to a certain extent uh, uh, secret societies, uh, religious uh, groups, things like this, right? But what it exposed is. Um, it exposed that it's not down to one man to decide all these things like they've told us for all those years. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they genuinely are afraid of him and think he's going to do all these things. It's almost like that. This it's like a run amok insanity that's just like gone. It, it's like they've they've they invented a straw man of what they think Donald Trump was, and that's just grown into a monster, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And he's living rent free in all these people's heads, and it's the only thing they talk about. I mean, I still see it on all the kind of pseudo alternative. Uh, pro-left-wing globalist outlets like the Young Turks and Ring of Fire and David Pakman and, uh, and the equivalent of those, right? All they talk about is like like Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, maybe Tucker Carlson or something like that. That's all they're, they're covering all the time. And that's what's getting the views, too. They're, they're obsessed about this. Uh, they just cannot let it go. And let's go a step further with regard to what Trump and his minions spew out that radicalizes people. The El Paso Walmart shooter in his writings echoed the very language of Trump with regard to quote unquote brown invaders at the border. The Buffalo (laughs) supermarket shooter posted and posted again about white replacement theory that comes straight out of Fox News entertainment hosts. So look, it's responsible for people dying and the body count, unless something drastically different happens, is going to continue to rise. What we're experiencing now with this FBI raid and the response to it, could be just a dry run with regard to what we may experience if Trump is actually charged, indicted with something. Either that's what I think is going to happen. That's I think they will actually indict Trump, and then you're going to see an actual shit show with a bunch of MAGA boomers actually like wanting to <laughs> fight back, kind of thing, right? And um, yeah, well, if that happens, I mean, they will they will send out every. They will, if they have to, they will like nuke parts of this country. I think to to, to not like let it fall into the, the the enemy's hand. I think I think there will be a civil war. I think they want a civil war. To be honest, I think they want to break up the country. They want to, you know, they want to damage it. It's kind of like you know the bigger, wider picture is like, well, you know, sure we used America for a while, right? They were the policemen of the world. Uh, they were the fist essentially of the new world order, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, now the time is up. Now we, we, we used it. We squeezed out the money we could and so forth. Now it's the Belt and Road Initiative. Now it's uh, a new global order that's arising in America. Will just be a, a little part of that. Um, and in fact, they might even they might even want to break it up for that reason. Now would that be a negative thing? Uh, no, probably not. But it, but that's you know that's how they seem to be playing the game. Think of that what you want. Related to the classified documents or to the attempt to to overturn a valid election. This is 
a glimpse of what we may be in for and the strategy that we'll see from Trump and his his minions. Mm-hmm. And his minions. All right, I think that's enough of that. And by the way, I was checking out some of the... This is a little comic relief here, but uh, <clears throat> there's a new show. You remember Simone Sanders? Simone Sanders. Well, what, what position did she have again? Was she a congresswoman? What was senator? What was she... <laughs> She got her own show. Check out this intro here. This is gold. This is uh, really good stuff. I thought this was, uh, this was kind of funny. Greetings. You're watching Simone, former President Trump's handling of secret. Nah, that walk there, that's, that is good. Can you imagine the producer table? Greetings. You're watching Simone. For- when the, like, uh, and then Simone, uh, we want you to take um, five steps towards the camera, right? But can you do that? Like you're engaging the audience. You're coming closer. You're, <laughs> you, remember the, uh, uh, just think of the focus groups that they've had surrounding <laughs> the debates. This in the right way. <laughs> it's funny. Former President Trump's handling of secret documents worried people in his orbit and his camp long before the FBI executed a search warrant. Former officials tell NBC News his cavalier handling of sensitive material is what landed him in an FBI investigation. We're getting into it with our political panel. Plus, many Republicans are aggressively defending Trump after the FBI search. Some members of Congress are even calling to defund or even destroy the FBI. You want to defund the police, but how is this different? Uh, Wasn't the FBI and the CIA, weren't all these groups like anti-black and stuff? 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, these were like dangerous white supremacy groups, I, I thought, right? But no, now they have control, you see. So now it's, oh my God, they're, they, want to, they want to defund law enforcement? They're crazy. And now the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security tell NBC News they've issued an intelligence bulletin about increased threats against federal law enforcement. We'll talk to Democratic Congresswoman Barbara Lee about the dangerous rhetoric coming from her colleagues across the aisle and so much more. And today in the Culture Corner, we need to talk about NFL quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, yes, Deshaun Watson. Check out this uh, music here. This is great stuff. Denying allegations of sexual harassment and assault from dozens of women. Okay? Is this remorse or self-preservation? I'm Simone Sanders Townsend, and I have something to say. All right. <clears throat> Fantastic. The graphics, the font, I mean, the music. It's a ah, chef's kiss. Good stuff. All right. New York, New York Times asked communist Chinese tech company to censor Americans. Man, can you believe that? Crazy, huh? You're telling me they're, uh, they're asking for censorship? New York Times asked TikTok on social media app, uh, a social media app, uh, with connections to uh, CCP to censor Americans' users sharing election integrity concerns on its platform. In a recent article titled, On TikTok, Election Misinformation Thrives Ahead of Midterms, Times writer Tiffany Hsu details how TikTok is shaping up to be the BA primary incubator of baseless and misleading information ahead of the 2022 midterms with the issue of voter fraud being a prominent topic shared across the, the platform. Buried within the article, however, Hsu tacitly reveals that as a result of the Times reaching out to the CCP-connected company, TikTok began censoring users from using a popular hashtag associated 
with fears about election interference. Baseless conspiracy theories about certain voter fraud in November are widely viewed on TikTok, which globally has more than a billion active users each month. The article reads, users cannot search the hashtag stop the steal, but uh, the stop the steal with three L's, I guess. Hashtag has accumulated nearly a million views until TikTok disabled the hashtag after being contacted by the New York Times. Shows that they're... Uh, so the, it was we saw this flip recently, right? Because it was like they took control of YouTube. They got you. It's still a problem, of course. Facebook is still a problem. All these major platforms, there's always... It's their right-wing echo chambers and it, no one is actually being censored. This is just... Uh, Conservatives having a they're delusional, right? That's still the narrative that they're running with. But they shifted, right? They, now it's like TikTok is a problem. TikTok is an issue. Remember that girl we played who were doing short? Um, t- she did that. The was it the pyramid of conspiracies or something like that? That was a funny segment, actually. I think we put it up as its own segment. I forget what we called it, but. Yeah, check that out. They're like hardcore going after TikTok. That's a big problem. And of course, they're already pushing like a bunch of, I mean, complete garbage and nonsense on there. It's a big, it's a huge like psyop. It's just full of AIDS. And speaking to that, check out the latest member show because uh, we did a segment of like how fake uh, disorders and stuff like that is becoming popular and people are actually developing disorder. Whether they're fake from the beginning, it looks like this is like some ticks and stuff that especially young girls are developing, watching all these TikTok videos, emulating the more popular creators. I mean, it's just a cesspool, right? And then apparently China was pushing this on Western audiences while internally, or like, yeah, internally in China and other countries, they push like science and cool things and development and research and they put, you know, encourage kind of, you know, um, uh, brainy type uh, activity and that's on the forefront there. But in the West, of course, it's total degeneracy, all the LGBTQ stuff that's pushed hard uh, and then like weird disorders and stuff. I mean, it's just crazy, right? So anyway, the judge here, I didn't know this, but the judge who signed the uh, FBI Mar-a-Lago warrant, uh, I guess it was, uh, it was, it became anti-Semitic to... Um, uh, to complain on him or not approve or not like what he did. Uh, Bruce Reinard, and I think I commented on like, oh, is that the only one guy that could find, <laughs> that could find with that name? And uh, boy, was I wrong on that one. I guess um, I guess it was uh, <clears throat> I guess it was part of the group that been going after uh, Trump, ironically, right? That's what's so funny about this. It's like, you know, the same group on the left and right going after, but whether it's Trump or going after uh, or, or the pro-Trump wing as well says anonymous calls or posts call for Bruce Reinhardt's execution and reference his work for employee, uh, employees of Jeffrey Epstein in 2008. I see a rope around his neck. This is the Times of Israel. <laughs> Bruce Reinhardt, the federal judge in Florida who signed the warrant allowing the FBI to raid former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago property on Tuesday, has been hit with a wave of anti-Semitic threats online. Oh, no. Is, it, is this one of those George Soros situations that if anybody, for whatever reason... Uh, criticizes Bruce Reinhardt, then it's automatically anti-Semitic, and it's and that's the only cent point of of kind of um, discontent that people have. I, I I suspect it's much more to it than that, but oh well. And of course, the just bringing up the Jeffrey Epstein connection, which is insane in of itself. Like how can how can they? It's again, it's like they want the. And I mean, of course, it's it's hundred percent right. What what you know, the pedo rings and all that stuff. Right? But but the stuff that they say is false in the Q, you know, in the mainstream media about like QAnon, for example, or a Pizza Gate or something. 
And then time and time again, they do things, things which validates that worldview, which, of course, because it is true. But like in this case, you tell me there's no other judge that could do it. Or is it the fact that he actually was blackmailed and roped into the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing that he went along with this? Right? There's just layers of, of uh, uh, digging you could do here to like try to get to the root of this. But regardless, uh, he, he, he worked for... Uh, employees of Epstein, I forget, was it Keller, one of the women there that was like uh, high up in the Epstein blackmailing uh, circuit. Um, he defended her, I think, in some cases, right? So it's like they're they're they want they want you to like you know react to this and and they're like oh look look at this, <laughs> so it's okay crazy about it. Oh, we'll get to that one in a moment. So let's uh, talk about the. Um, let me see here. Was it one more? Oh, this one maybe. Oh, I didn't open that one second. Or was it this one? Oh, yeah, here's the other one. That's right. Um, Judge Reinhardt to hold hearing to unseal Mar-a-Lago affidavit this Thursday. So I believe tomorrow. That's a great pick they uh, found of uh, Judge Reinhardt in the middle there, too, by the way. What is that? Oreo cookies with... Is that whiskey? Maybe the, maybe the American audience knows that. I, I, I'm not familiar with the... Early, early times? What does it say there? Uh, it's too small for me. I can't see from here. The affidavit backing up the search warrant was not made public, and the DOJ has already said they do not want it released. Trump has insisted on seeing the justification for the search. Yeah, you think that's strange, right? I mean, it's true that uh, Merrick Garland is going after uh, going after Trump. I mean, they're using this whole gang from the judge here, the Epstein-Reinhardt uh, judge, to someone like uh, Merrick Garland. And, you know, people have said, too, that like Trump snubbed him of one of the Supreme Court positions because he was like slated to be the next guy in line or Hillary was meant to win. And then maybe RBG would retire and then Garland would kind of he was like almost promised this uh, position. Right. And with Trump, that didn't happen. And so he got kind of the consolidation prize to becoming the attorney general under the Biden regime instead. But so people have said he's, he has it out for Trump, and that's one of the reasons, too. This is, like, personal for some of these people now. An order on the motion to unseal the affidavit back in the search warrant using the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago has been filed, and hearing will take place on August 18th, tomorrow. I'll be interesting if they release that, because it seems completely frivolous and ridiculous. And they're looking for, I mean, they're just, they're looking for anything that they can to, to pin it on uh, Trump to, I think, prevent him from running, essentially. The order dated August 16th reads... Taking under advisement for the uh, advisement for the motion to unseal the search warrant materials, including attachments, the in, uh, interveners have re- is that what it is? interveners uh, having requested a hearing. It is ordered that in-person hearing will be held on uh, the 18th of August at West Palm Beach Division uh, before Judge Bruce E. Reinhardt. All right, are they going to televise that like they do? Or they, this is behind sealed doors like so many of uh, of the other ones all right so more to follow up on there i want to show you this too we've talked about the irs situation right which has been pretty crazy 80 billion for irs uh, including enforcements and audits under this new reconciliation bill uh, i think that's the yeah it's the inflation reduction act also known i guess as done as the reconciliation bill right and we've shown you just how crazy it, it is now with the weaponization of some of these groups right the Internal Revenue Services, with its 2,000, almost almost 2,200 special agents, spent $21.3 million on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment between fiscal year 2006 and 20, or 2019. The agency stockpiled 4,500 guns, 
and 5 million rounds of ammunition. And then in 2022, they continued to extend this and they bought almost a uh, million dollar uh, worth of ammo just in 2022 alone. This was been part of a, uh, part of a report called the militarization of the U.S. executive agencies. Check that up and of course out rather. And uh, we covered this uh, one of the uh, previous shows here regarding the new jobs that is opening up here within the IRS, where they're saying kind of strange things. Such as this, maintaining a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. You should also carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force. There's an IRS agent here. Use deadly force if necessary. Be willing to be able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. And this is kind of part of the whole wave of, of targeting conservative groups and individuals. I think and the IRS is also being weaponized as so many other agencies is right now as well so there was some footage that came out and some photos in fact from, from actual I, I think training videos uh where they're teaching these irs agents to like arrest people how to act how to hold, handle the gun who to go after them and and look at the diversity quotas here too now that this is the next one here is great you you can't make this up really you're telling me they're going to have a dis a disabled uh, a disabled what is it Indian maybe Indian IRS agent be willing to use deadly force while in his wheelchair going after what tax evaders <laughs> is, that what, is that what's going on here? It's funny because on the major duties jobs.irs.gov uh, they say that you need to yeah maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life threatening situations on the job. Is that is that what this is? Oh no, he's he's great. He can uh, he can't run, but uh, his uh, his fitness is is excellent. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just it's just so bizarre, right? So here's the uh, here's the video here, guys, of uh, Iris uh, training here, arresting people.
I have, I have a gun. I have a permit. <laughs> it's okay. I'm allowed to do this now. Spread your legs. Hey, Seth. Do you have any other weapons on you? No. Can you please put your hands on your back? Can you lean forward? Some people said, is this real? It can't be real. Is this real? I, I, I guess so. I guess what it is. C, CID, right? So it is a, there's a criminal investigation, <clears throat> excuse me, unit here. And that, yeah, there's the guy in the wheelchair. I saw him swing by there too, right? So yeah, so those photos there, <laughs> apparently real, they're from that video. IRS criminal investigation responsible for integrity of the federal tax system and related financial crimes. So that'll be coming for you in the... Uh, in the, in this composition here, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so this is CID. That's what they why they had that on their uh, vests, I guess. IRS CID police. Uh, we're we're here for your money. Hands up. We'll take. We're taking all your shit. <clears throat> that's basically where this is going. Valet over on uh, Odyssey. Uh, say Entropy rather. It's Odyssey Entropy. Uh, Valet. Greetings, Henrik, and the Red Eyes audience. Great show as always. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Valet. Good to see you. Thank you for your support. Appreciate it. Um, yes. So. That is the uh, update on the IRS situation. <laughs> I, I, I look, I don't know what they're doing, but I, you know, it's kind of like maybe they want you to kind of laugh at it in one way at the same time, but then the but they will actually be you know like ruthless, brutal force at the end of. The, I'm not sure how they how they parse this or or how we should parse this. Maybe is a better term, but I thought you might enjoy that uh, to know uh, just who these. Uh, a glimpse, at least, into who these 80,000 uh, new uh, IRS agents uh, are going to be, if that video is something to uh, to judge it by. And uh, you guys remember this guy, uh, Mo- Moshin Hamid. We covered his article in The Spectator about his fictional work, book, new uh, workout called The Last White Man, uh, where he kind of sets the... Uh, it's like a future sci-fi, right? To solve the race issue, all of a sudden, all white people are suddenly just, or one by one, starting to turn brown. And before you know it, one day, all the white people are gone and it will be uh, peace and be a wonderful uh, world, essentially, when whites are gone. Uh, the the Wired, or Wired rather, picked up on this story as well. Uh, a glimpse of a future without white people. Mushin Hamid's The Latest, The Last White Man is a book about race metamorphosis. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden we just, it could it could, it could turn into anything. Two white people have a baby, well, maybe it comes out uh, black or Asian or something. Could be anything. But all of a sudden we just magically start turning, right? When we've, maybe this is what they mean with the mRNA technology, transhumanism, like you, you'll, we'll, we'll drop some smart dust nano uh, particle that just penetrates in through your skin in the from the air and then it will begin to change your, you know, you're being programmed by mRNA and all of a sudden you, you begin producing more melanin or something. And voila, we solved racism. Uh, so anyway, he went on uh, a morning show, I think it is, over in Britain. Is it Sky News in Britain? Let's play that clip where they're <clears throat> kind of gleefully 
smiling and talking about this of like, yeah, wouldn't it, you know, the, yeah, the, well, white, the white people will soon disappear forever and it's going to be a great thing. How might we want them to be? You know, how do we get there? And the novel tries to do a little bit of that. It tries to say, you know, what other way is there of living? Um, how might that be? What is the, in a sense, racial apocalypse where everybody becomes brown? Um, and maybe that racial apocalypse isn't an apocalypse at all. Maybe it's the beginning of something, you know, better. That's right. Maybe it's better. Maybe maybe that's we just put that in a little um, like a thought experiment. Like right? if we can just get rid of all the white people or at least turn the white people brown uh, so they join our team, uh, it's it's going to be, get better. It's not really an apocalypse, guys. It's the uh, it's it's the the beginning of a thousand years of peace. That's what it is. Anyway, so this uh, he's been in uh, the news with this book and uh, people seem to uh, seem to love this. It's like a. Uh, of uh, uh, progressive pornography or li- shitlib uh, uh, porn, essentially, of like uh, they're all titillated by this concept and idea of no white people. Of course, this is never going to happen. White people are never going to go extinct. Um, in fact, we're heading in the opposite direction. They, these people cannot stop white identity. Uh, white people are waking up. This is this is it's uh, it's unstoppable, especially considering how hard they're pushing. And in fact, if they want people to not uh, have identity as white people, they're definitely not uh, <laughs> helping the situation to a certain extent. And, and I guess we can thank them, uh, you know, partially for that as well. Um, I don't have, I don't want to read this. It doesn't matter. Go through the details of this. It's the same bullshit over and over. Oh, what if, uh, what if white people just w- weren't there all of a sudden and they just started uh, changing uh, a color and all of a sudden we're all brown and, you know, anyway, it's a bunch of bullshit. But the, the, these are the ideas now that they're discussing. Uh, out there in uh, in real media world or, or mainstream media world, fake media world, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, completely uh, legitimate. Imagine, imagine this, you know. But we got to do that sometimes. So the hypocrisy angle, we got to play that right. But imagine some white guy writing about how all the brown people would just disappear one day, and and saying, "Oh, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be an apocalypse. Maybe things would be better once all the brown people are gone. Yeah, how how would that go down? Do you think RoboThink over on Entropy says Happy Wednesday, Happy Woden's Day. Good to see you, RoboThink. Thank you for joining us. Let's uh, go to our next little anti-white segment here because we have more on this as we always do. Never stops. Check out this guy. Uh, this is the uh, this is the people that we supposedly you know part of part of our team <laughs> just because they're white. Uh, but this is. Um, Decades and decades of coercion, propaganda, self-hatred, programming, and just anti-white, a a culture. These people are steeped in anti-whiteness. And what you get is this as a result. Have you ever noticed how white people are terrible? If you can't tell, I am the liliest of white. Must be a white person trait that we just want to complain all the time. It's not like we haven't had the best experience in the world for the last forever. In fact, so here's the thing. Here's the the worst thing ever. The other day I was thinking about this. I was just so upset by the fact that I have really nothing to complain about. And that right there is the epitome of white people thinking. I'm so repressed because I'm not repressed. I was thinking, actually, I really wish I was ethnic or something like that. Is that racist? Am I being racist because I want to be a different race? Is that in itself a racist thought? He's, uh, in case you didn't uh, notice that, 
he's having a a, a deep, uh, almost uh, an, <clears throat> what an ontological discussion about his own uh, f- makeup, right? He's, he's has a, a spiritual, a physi- physiologically spiritual, m- metaphysical conversation here about uh, about his white whiteness. That'll be discussion for some other time. My exceptional opportunities, the fact that I'm a white male, gives me more opportunities, better pay. It's pretty awesome in most cases to be a white male. And yet I still am trying to find something that I should be upset about or something that I can complain about because I'm white and I'm terrible. So I, I just need to get this straight in my mind. I need to discover if we really are the worst people in the world. I really need to discover if we are the worst people in the world. Is it, he's, I think he's, he, will he genuinely go on a journey to find that out? And, and of course, what sources will he go to? Is it J- uh, Jared Diamond's, uh, you know, Guns, Butter and Ammo? Or what is it called? I always forget the title of the damn book. Uh, is it, is it, the, is it the critical theory? Is it the cultural Marxist you will go to? You know, will you go to Theodore Adorno? Will you go to uh, uh, Tim Wise? Will you go to Barbara Speck? Who will you go to to find out, right? That's the big thing. So I thought, I mean, we we talk about this continuously, of course, on the show of just how obvious it is about how white people are targeted, right? Open season on white people. You can discriminate against white people. You can uh, advocate against them. You can call for the murder of them. You can call their DNA and their very existence an abomination. You can, uh, you can hate them, right? They're always uh, uh, first in line to be uh, uh, criticized. In fact, there's articles like just a just a just a few examples of just how bad it is out there, right? U.S. school districts pledges to fire white staff first. That's right. That's how privileged we are as white uh, white people, right? So this guy's living in some white bubble somewhere. He has no no idea what's going on right there in the rest of the world. Without realizing that it that the, this is very it's a very powerful method that actually works on people that as you actively shit on them you say that they are they are the the most privileged uh, you know <laughs> it's the easiest to be and stuff right and also even if there even if there is some privilege there even if that's a word you want to use on it but like, recognize things such as well. The reason why Western civilization has done well is, of course, because we have we have done things that has benefited us primarily. Now, even some of the developments and discoveries and inventions and all that stuff that uh, uh, white people have done over the last few millennia or so is, of course, also <coughs> excuse me, benefiting other races and other groups. For example, the access to technology, the the lifestyle that we've given them and stuff. You can argue at the end of the day whether that's good or not, but oh, certainly, I think we can all agree that most people that are criticizing white people are those who are enjoying the fruits, not of whiteness, but of white people, right? White teachers will be the first to lose their jobs under a deal struck by a Minneapolis union, regardless of their seniority or effectiveness in the classroom. White teachers will be the first to be fired if job cuts are required at public schools in Minneapolis, Minnesota, according to a new collective bargaining agreement that the local school districts signed with its union. Starting next spring in Minneapolis public schools, non-white teachers will be protected when funding cuts such as those related to declining enrollment translate into firings. The agreement with the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers uh, Union was signed last March, ending a three-week strike, but the racial provision was exposed in a report Sunday 
by the local outlet Alpha News. If exercising a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the site, see, they always use this legalese language, they never openly talk about, in some cases they do, but in other cases they just kind of hide it. Well, you're 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 overrepresented, uh, so you're, unfortunately you're not part of that group, so we'll have to let you go. Um, yeah, and, uh, excessing is the word. Just exercise. Excessing means reducing staff when enrollment declines at a particular school. And interestingly, too, by the way, I think enrollment in schools have also declined just because they're so insane, <laughs> right? And pushing all the all the crazy LGBTQ stuff, and especially sounds like George Floyd and the pandemic. This was just like like five something like five million students, I think, uh, or parents of those students have pulled them out of public school. And put them in other uh, settings instead, which of course is is good ultimately. That's very good. But that's just one. That's just one example, right? And these people will argue the 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 guy here, this guy. Remember this guy? Have you ever noticed how white people are terrible? If you that guy, they will always justify the open discrimination. First, they'll deny it. No, it's not happening. No, no one is no one is shitting on you. No one is discriminating against you. You have all the uh, the the benefits of the world, and then of course you show them things like this. Well, well, oh, well, you you deserve it because you are so. Pre and this is just equalizing the situation. And in fact, we we should discriminate on uh, against you because you're white, because that's repairing all the racial inequity. Because white people didn't build society for the rest of the world initially. Ironically, of course, much of the uh, uh, inventions and stuff eventually became used by the rest of the world. You're welcome, right? On behalf of white people, you're welcome. And if you don't like that, well, how about decolonizing your life and, and getting rid of all those things? And it's just like one thing. Like, yeah, look, I'm not super gung-ho about some of the aspects of like mod modern medicine. Uh, and, and there's some wacky stuff out there these days when it comes to science. But that's just kind of more of a trend that goes along with the general decline and uh, of of i guess iq and wisdom globally and that this like mental disease seems to be like spreading like crazy but at least initially white you know medicine western you know civilization development things that generally uh, white people were behind uh, have been enjoyed the world over right um but anyway so back to the uh, the point here uh, here's a just two clips right oh no by the way i forgot almost isn't that guy, th that's basically, or maybe this one, let's, let's do the, the more not ass clothes. That's basically, that's basically that guy right there. I can't tell I am the lilliest of white. Must be a white person trait that we just want to complain all the time. It's not like is that not him? the best. Is that not, is that not him? Tell me I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not getting that right. experience in the world for the last forever. It just looks just like him, doesn't it? <laughs> it's always the, it's always the, it's always the soy jack meme. It's like every single time. I just want to have one arm movement when he stretches out the arm behind him, and and, and you know I think we got him basically. I think we got him, folks. All right, so that's him. Here is a white person enjoying their privilege in France, uh, and as we know, of course, France is diversifying at a uh, incredible rate. Uh, there actually is a little bit of audio behind this coming in in, in a moment here. But uh, this will never be seen as a racial attack, of course. It is in uh, Paris, I believe. I think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that, of that transformation. Which 
And I think, by the way, he fights them off also, which is incredible. Which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic. Look at that. He actually takes them off. Lithic, uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. You see that? At least it fought them off. But, you know, see, that's never being oppressed, right? That goes back to the clip we played earlier. What about all the individual, like, one instances of violence against white people, random attacks, being kicked in the face or punched uh, outside of a store? Remember the old lady who was planting flowers in, uh, was that Seattle? And she was, like, kicked in the face and broke, like, several of her uh, facial the bones in her face and her skull and stuff. Uh, and, of course, it reminded me of this. Uh, just a little uh, break here for you guys. Uh, but this is what's happening right now uh, in the world, really, all over the West, if you are white. Germany is facing a drastic number of refugees by the end of 2015, believed to be in the region of 1.5 million. Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. This country owes the rest of the world anything it wants. Germany! Germany! Folks like me who are Caucasian of European descent, for the first time in 2017, will be in an absolute minority. Europe is not going to be. Oh, we're getting a little skip there. Let me pause that real quick. Let me move that. We got to see that whole thing. We did that a while back. And, and if you haven't seen it, newcomers, it's a really good like overview of <laughs> just the war on whites. Let me just copy that over real quick here, guys. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible, right? How how bad it is out there. And of course, as I said, we covered this regularly. I mean, every, every other shows, at least one portion of this comes up. And in fact, we even at least when it comes to like the violence uh, and you could argue, of course, that it's because of the culture uh, and the media. Uh, driving this uh, violence, right? They're driving the rhetoric against white people and it seems almost acceptable to attack whites. And as a consequence of that, of course, you're actually seeing those words turning into violence out there on the streets right now. But they're always denying that, right? Then it's, no, then it's nothing to do with race. Um, Meanwhile, a Hispanic guy can shoot like random people in Walmart and that's always going to be like white supremacy, an attack of white supremacy, right? So they skew the numbers, they fake the statistics and all that stuff. Anyway, while while we wait uh, for that to uh, copy over, and and, I mean, again, there's a million of these examples that you could take. Yeah, it's a bit slow right there. Check out this one in the meantime. This is kind of uh, interesting. We're going to talk about the the Hollywood depravity next here. Um. Oh, the, actually, this one I forgot. Okay, before we do that, let me read this one then a little bit from this before we, while we wait for that file to copy over. It's slow for some reason. Um, yeah, you actually have ongoing slavery right now in places like Libya, right? And you have the mostly Arab population there enslaving the black population, right? But things that white people did for 100 years ago, despite ending slavery, is something you can still blame white people for and guilt them into submission. So the U.S. Jesuits have now promised to raise $100 million for slavery reparations, a project that they're running. Uh, However, it's apparently not going fast enough. That's right. It's not happening fast enough. They're not happy about this. Last year, the U.S. branch of the Jesuit pledged to raise $100 million for the Reconciliation Initiative in partnership with descendants of people once enslaved by the Catholic Order. Is this more proof that the Jesuits are, are running the show? <laughs> is, this, is this a win for them? Mm, I don't know. Remember that, those debates back in, uh, when was that, 2006, 7, 8, 9? 
Okay, for the for newcomers, you won't be aware of that, right? But it was like a debate, like who who's in charge? Is it Zionists or is it Jesuits, right? I guess this would be a not really a win for the Jesuits. I don't think they'd race. I don't think the fascist neo-Nazi racist Jesuits, which is some of the organs I've heard from from the uh, proponents of, oh, it's all the Jesuits doing this stuff. Um, I don't think it's them. Uh, there's not proof that they're in charge if they're if they're forking out 100 million dollars uh, to to like. Uh, to pay back, but it, apparently it's not happening anyway. It's not happening fast enough. A leader of those descendants expressed deep dissatisfaction with the order's lack of progress since then. Joseph Stewart, in a public released letter to the head of the order, contends that the Jesuits have failed to uphold their side of the partnership with the urgency the circumstances demand. Stewart and others they want the money now, stat, produce it right now. Stewart and other descendants are the progeny of 272 enslaved men, women, and children sold in 1835 by the Jesuit owners of Georgetown University to Louisiana plantation owners to pay off the school's debts. What Should we not go after the people that sold the slaves and made the money on the slaves as opposed to those who bought the slaves, who paid for the labor? It was just common practice. It was an it's an age old institution, and it's I guess by historical standards or historical uh, comparison, it's a miracle that it, it ha- that that it stopped in some areas because, as I said, it's still happening in places like Libya. But oh no, we're not going to talk about that. That's not a big issue. See, it's only white people. See, see how this works? As long as the white people did something hundreds of years ago, use it against them. Use it as a sledgehammer to guilt them into giving you stuff. Right? That's what it's about. The Jesuits are in a state of delis- Disillusionment, Stuart wrote, warning of the possible disintegration of the partnership between the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and the GU272 Descendants Association, which represents those whose ancestors were sold. Can we apply this to um, uh, indentured servants and uh, Irish slaves too, or uh, uh, poor uh, British English boys that were taken to America? No, of course not. We're not going to do that. So that's just to show how insane it is, right? The anti-white narrative is now being spawned so hard that like you need to just, reparations needs to happen now. And even if the state won't do it, which of course there's active discussions about, well, then you go in and you take individual organizations or religious orders in this case and target them to fork out the money. And I guess Jesuits have, have at least on paper complied to do this. Now, whether it manifests itself, I guess, is another thing. But you know what? I bet you they're going to start paying out. That, that's the nature of these uh, institutions now. Uh, they fold. Uh, f- they fold on every on every issue. And in fact, not only this order, but the the in the wider sense, um, the Catholic order have, be- have become a an anti-white institution. It's crazy, blaming white people and racism is a problem. And Pope Francis have just like d- dragged this group through the mud completely, or this religion through the mud. Um, let's say to Gorillion says, my wife is an administrator, and she got in trouble for telling people to report bad conduct if they see it. The union uh, took her to task because some non-whites ended up getting reported by someone. Today she was texting me from a forced class on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, God. Is that school? Maybe you can't say more. Obviously, don't dox anybody. That's not what I'm going to ask you to do. But, yeah, I would be interested to know. Is that school administrator or something? Man, that's, yeah, I mean, that I, I, I know. That's what happens. That is uh, more common than not. We, we've, I can't even think of them now, but I think just on countless occasions we've seen that too. That anybody who kind of breaks ranks or, or does something that negatively, infl- uh, they can like they can set up a uh, 
a policy. And then once you begin to enforce that policy and it turns that it's not uh, it, the dis distribution of the enforcement of that policy is uh, is uh, towards a, a minority group or something. Right. <laughs> Let's use their terms for a second. Uh, then it's actually bad. And the people who are you know part of enforcing that policy gets reprimanded, just as you say. And now they're going after them and they become the problem. I'm not surprised by that. I've seen like, tons of those stories of like, oh, we, we brought them to like re-education class, running through an, an ESG program or a diversity equity die uh, program. Uh, anyway, back to the uh, little uh, promo here. Let's see if it works better now. Check this out. It's a little clip we made a couple of years back, but this uh, paints a picture. And this is not even then updated. There's more new, newer stuff that's happened to that, but I still think it's a good video. Get the point across. A drastic number of refugees by the end of 2015, believed to be in the region of 1.5 million. Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. This country owes the rest of the world anything it wants. Folks like me who are Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority. Europe is not going to be the monolithic societies that they once were in the last century. You have to really uh, change the policy of, of immigration inside Europe. You, we got to put ourselves in situations where we're in the more minority. They think it is their country, that it is a white country, and they are absolutely wrong. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Non-stop. Non-stop. USA, watch your back! USA, watch your back! The Muslims are coming back! Whiteness is a form of racial oppression. I think we should be aware of that we are a land. Ja, Deutschland bedeutet in Zukunft einen Migrationshintergrund zu haben. Immigration is the future. You cannot work and um, live in a globalized world without immigration and uh, moving populations. Ganz ehrlich, der Islam wird in Deutschland kommen, ob du willst oder nicht. Deine Tochter wird Kopftuch tragen. Das bedeutet auch ein Kopftuch tragen, ein rotes Wasser, nicht was zu tragen, dunkelhaarig zu sein. The task is to bring this minority together in such a way that it makes it impossible for the legacy of whiteness to continue to reproduce itself. This is a multi-control, multi-racial country, and we have to live and be tolerant. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. They are not anymore only white or only Swedish or only Portuguese or only German. They are multicultural um, places in the world. It's a Christian country. Yes, it is. This is a Christian country. We're jealous. We're jealous that we take no over. 20, 30 years, we have no Christian majority in our city. And I say to you very clearly, here in the direction of the right, that is good. You can't go to hell. You can't go to hell. We're coming and we give just water, some food. We're slain. Here are children killed and killed. What's going on? The 
deadly truck attack in Sweden, the attacker using a vehicle as a weapon. Jedes Jahr sterben mehr Deutsche als geboren werden. Das liegt zum Glück daran, dass die Nazis sich auch nicht besonders vervielfältigen. We will continue to come here in hundreds of millions until indeed Gaddafi said Europe will turn black. It's not going to stop. Nor should we want it to stop. Jews are going to be at the center of that. And Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that transformation, Europe will not survive. The war on whites is real. Tune in to the only media outlet bold enough to tell you the truth. Red Ice TV. All right. There we go. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, there's a little clip we did a while back. Share that if you haven't uh, seen that before, by the way. It's up on <coughs> I think it's on Telegram. It's on Odyssey and stuff like that. A little good little introduction video to tell you what actually is going on out there in the world, right? All right. Anyway, so... Uh, and, and I wanted to play that because of that kid, that uh, boy there, right? The, the soy jack guy. Like, oh, no, it's it's nothing's happening to... It's all wonderful and incredible for us and everything's been so great. Uh, look, they're they're trying to kill us off. They're trying to, uh, you know, replace us with immigration. That's a, that's a weapon. It's a it's a war against us. Uh, and that is, un, you know, un, undeniable uh, at this point. But uh, people like that, they will... Uh, people like uh, this guy that will continue... Uh, to push this and say that that's, oh, that's just a lie. There's nothing going on. All right. Meanwhile, switching topic here a little bit. I want to squeeze in a few things here before we uh, are at the end here. We have like 15, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, amazing stuff here on the COVID front, of course. A quadruple vaxxed Pfizer CEO Albert Borla gets COVID-19. Ah, what a shame, huh? Albert Borla is experiencing very mild symptoms. That's right. The vaccine saved him. That's what's so wonderful about this. Uh, he said on Twitter, We have come so far in our efforts to battle the disease that I am confident I will have a speedy recovery. I'm incredibly grateful for the tireless efforts of my Pfizer colleagues who worked to make the vaccines and treatments available for me and people around the world. Uh, Paxlovid is not approved, but is authorized for emergency use by the FBA, FDA to treat mild to moderate COVID-19 in high-risk patients, 12 plus what years old, weighing at least 40 kilograms with positive results. Of so it was the Paxlovid, it was like the rebound COVID or some cra crazy thing, and I think it was Paxlovid that was like incredibly uh, bad for you as well. It was like t t toxic. I'm not sure toxic is the right term, but not good. Look, there's another question on top of this of like. You know, these are PCR tests. What is even uh, what? I'm surprised that they're even public about it, though. That's what's so strange about it. Maybe it's a, maybe maybe I'm not thinking of the right psychological reasons. Uh, the psycho the psyop war against us with COVID. Maybe I'm not thinking of the right uh, reason for why they're making it public. Same thing with Biden, right? Technically, they could just kind of be quiet about it, but maybe it's because they want us to kind of oh well, even them, even they. Get it right? They're they're vaccinated, and even they got sick. That's how bad it is. But oh, they're alive, of course, because they didn't. They, you know, they got the jab, right? So that they're alive at least. I don't know. It's it's very bizarre. Uh, why there's? I I would assume they just stay quiet about it otherwise. But uh, and then again, so I said you have the other layer of like, well, PCR tests. How do they work? Is it a false positive? Yada yada yada. We've been over that. But it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that these guys uh, uh, get roped up in this and like, oh well. They're just running with it, like, oh no, it's it's because I got the 
the jab that we're we're uh, survive we survived right that that's that's what it's doing fda knew 44 percent of pregnant women in pfizer trials suffered miscarriages it is undisputed that neither pfizer nor the u.s food and drug administration is at all concerned about the adverse events related to uh, the magical juice and the clinical data by these big pharma companies that developed this after all they sought to hide it from general the general public for 75 years while blatantly unacceptable the f uh, the fact that both parties knew that 44 percent of pregnant women participating in the pfizer mrna magical juice trial uh, suffered miscarriages and that is immoral and seems incredibly corrupt yeah at the least shocking as fda released pfizer trial data each month because of a court order a Pfizer adverse events report transferred on July 1st, 2022, reveals that after the women lost their babies, the billion-dollar big pharma giant reported, uh, uh, reported that the heartbreaking miscarriages were unrelated to the trial. Of course they were. Just complete random uh, coincidence. The volunteer team at Daily Clout discovered the uh, intentional deceit by scouring through the thousands upon thousands of Pfizer trial documents released each month from that uh, uh, each month that formed the rationale behind the FDA's emergency use authorization and subsequent August 23rd 2021 approval uh, of their mRNA COVID super magical juice shot anyway here's the data check it out on uncovered DC uh, if you want to go through this with a fine tooth comb I'm not surprised about this this is uh what's her name again uh, wolf right Mich michelle naomi wolf right she's been very good on on the uh, magical juice uh, stuff at least uh grillian says it involves a nurse being reported for not caring for patients properly oh really okay also this is a reminder to follow up on my last email to you i'll uh, check that out sorry if i didn't get back to you yet a uh, little uh, break over the uh, Monday, Tuesday here. A little bit under the weather, too, actually. But uh, I'll check it out. Thank you, Mr. Gorillion. Appreciate that. Okay. So I want to play this, too, regarding the um, the topic that we are on. Someone approached a guy who, who claimed it was part of an mRNA trial back in, what was it again, 2016, if I remember the, the year. Uh, and he had this to say about that. He claims he was part of it, of a trial of about 2,000 people. And he claims that he was only, he was part of five, one of five people that survived. I think it was 2,000 people in the trial. Check this out. Unfortunately, you are not the only person that misunderstood what I was saying. See, back in early 2013, I participated in an mRNA-based immunomodulatory medication trial. So yeah, a medical trial on an mRNA-based medication that was meant to alter how the T cells produced antibodies. And it worked phenomenally for not just lupus, but ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis as well. Here's the kicker. Out of that trial, there were over 200,000 participants. And every last one of us, including myself, had their hearts stop. There's less than five of us that are still alive today, but all of us experienced our hearts stopping at least once. According to my doctor, less than five of us are still alive. This medication was a series of injections that occurred over about a year. And the complications took two years to pop up. Cancer, heart attack, stroke, that kind of stuff. Myocarditis. So, no, I didn't commit government-assisted suicide. Okay, there's another one here, too. <clears throat> Let me just go back quickly before we do that one. I, I guess the only 
Question would be here, would he not be found? Uh, I guess he signed an NDA, right, non-disclosure agreement, when he was part of the trial, but now he's talking on TikTok, presumably, I think it is, right? Um, I, I, otherwise, beyond that, is he lying? Is he making up? Yeah, that's possible, but I guess if it's, if it's true, will he get in legal trouble? Anyway, I appreciate him sharing that. Next video, actually shows some of his scars and stuff. Check this out. <clears throat> Tell me you've never been to college without actually saying you never went to college. Because the thing about a medical trial or a medical experiment where they're using stage three human testing to see if a medication is actually efficacious, if it does not show what the pharmaceutical company wants it to show in that study and that drug does not pass FDA testing, that's because it killed over 2% of the people that were in that trial. Typically what happens then is that pharmaceutical company goes out and it pays everybody that was part of the trial and experienced side effects pays them by paying their medical bills and gets them to sign a non-disclosure agreement in order to do so. So no, you're not going to find it anywhere. They destroy it. They bury the data because they don't want you to know that pharmaceutical companies kill more people than wars do in America. You can go ahead and look into that. Since 1920, doctors have killed over 200 million Americans. They've killed way more than wars ever have. Just FYI. And since you called me a liar, open heart surgery. Lost my colon, three strokes. All right, so take that for what you will, uh, but I think he's uh, more or less telling the truth. Uh, regardless, it seems to be uh, an incredibly detrimental uh, avenue to go down the mRNA route, which Pfizer and now the big pharma companies are uh, doing. Massive consequences of that. Do they give a shit? No, absolutely not. This might, in fact, be part of the uh, part of the plan, if you will. We showed that video on the Weekend Warrior show of the New Zealand couple going around in a small 13,000-so uh, populated town in New Zealand. Uh, counting almost a hundred graves recently, fresh graves, right? I think we're seeing the beginning cusps of uh, of the consequence of the uh, last uh, two years, really, and the and the um, magical juice uh, campaign, if you will. That's why I don't doubt stuff like this. Absolutely horrendous. People are going to need to be held held accountable. And I saw this clip too, by the way. Look at this. This is our here's, here's our future here uh, from China. Talk about China a little bit more. Uh, Look at this crazy device here. This is presumably a PCR test in China. Oh my God. You see that? That's what it is. You've seen the bots going around, the drones talking, and the little bots, the robot dogs. Actually, I have a little robot dog update for you soon, too. Um... And I saw, I found a, a, cha a Twitter account here called CCP Bot Slayer. <laughs> they had some great stuff. They had some funny stuff. And I thought we could begin with, you know how it's this, th th that group uh, who kind of believes the China, the CCP will like, kind of save us or save the West or something, or like a, I don't know, like a Chinese Russo axis will like kind of save us from degeneracy or something like that. And I, I, I thought about that when I saw this clip. It was kind of funny. Um, Someone claimed here they took it in this with it. There are natural, there are natural um, uh, allies, right? Ch the Chinese are really pro-white. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, someone took a taxi in Nanjing, and the taxi driver found out that uh, the friend of the person there was German, and this is what uh, this is allegedly, supposedly, uh, what happened. Eine Taxifahrt in Peking. Woher kommt ihr? Aus Deutschland. Hi, Eine Taxifahrt One more time. Woher kommt ihr? Aus Deutschland. Hi, Eine All right. 
There you go, full on, uh, full on based uh, based Chinaman, I guess, right? Went down the rabbit hole on some Chinese language Nazi accounts, and Xinjiang, Xinjiang, actually Nazis who idolize Hitler and Nazi Germany and promote anti-Semitic conspiracies in every tweet. They like Orban because he's defending the white race and stand up against cultural Marxism that they claim to be a Jewish conspiracy, etc. But they're not a fan of Trump, who's believed to be, quote, controlled by Jewish elites, unquote. Similar views seen on 4chan. They do not like the CCP or modern China that they refer to as a civilizational depression. A term I think popularized by Louis Zhongyongying, but they need to somehow reconcile their own racial identity with their Nazi ideology. How? By recycling a theory first invented by European Orientalists in the 18th and 19th century that the Chinese are really descendants of Aryans. All right. Anyway, someone linked up that uh, taxi video <laughs> in relation to that thread. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it what would it be like the Terran Basin mummies? Was that is that the link? I actually haven't heard of the of the uh, theory there of the 18th, 19th century uh, Orientalists how, or the European Orientalists, how they parsed that or whatever. But anyway, fascinating. Uh, there's all kinds out there. Fascinating world, as always. So I thought we could uh, balance out the uh, n- now when you think that the Chinese are the saviors of the white race. H- hang on, hang on. Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast. Let's take a look at some other stuff that they're developing. And let's begin with this. We're going to kind of slide into a little transhumanist segment here. And let's begin with this one here. Here's more from uh, China. He's a Chinese police riot drone armed with a machine gun. This is the, so, some of the stuff they're developing uh, over there. Soon coming to a town near you. I don't know, maybe because of the Belt and Road Initiative or maybe because it will be Red Dawn and the Chinese are actually going to invade. I, I don't know which. Looks like it's more or less a paper tiger and China is actually not that big of a threat. Kind of the perfect boogeyman for the GOP in a way. It's not that it isn't a problem, that there certainly is that. But the way that they have built up China is so weak, right, economically. It's, it's mostly a facade, right? And it, there are some of those compilation videos out there going around. And we showed it again, showed it again in the Weekend Warrior show uh, that buildings are like falling apart. It's like the, it's a, it's literally a facade. It was like some one of the videos like terrifying. There's a big pillar that someone. It's like first person perspective, and there's a big pillar, presumably like a support pillar to a big building or something, and he, he, they're chipping away at the at the at the cover or what do you call it the the siding right, and underneath it's just sand right. It's like Showing all these things, how, how, much of what they're building is just a, it's like a toy country. It's like a, a Potemkin village, the whole thing, right? It's been built up and it's impressive and stuff, but it's like under the surface, it's like not really that stable. Anyway, ch- we'll get there. But uh, anyway, check out this one, uh, armed. Th- this one seems to be the real deal. I'm sure this one take care of the, the, the problems. <laughs> Now they do do they do some drone stuff pretty good as far as I know anyway. Uh, here's another one of those. The translation here is a seven-story building in Shangza Medical College collapsed. It was lunchtime. I don't know how many students were buried in it. I don't think it's an actual collapse of the building, but check it out anyway. <laughs> Oh, 
上全程起飞。楼塌了吗？那个底下有没有人呢？你们知道吧？知道。那肯定有人吧。So I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, anyway, people are uh, <clears throat> are uh, uh, distraught. Is the right word? Uh, upset. We're not sure what happened, but there's a lot of this. And again, here's uh, here's one of those clips. China is ahead of America. They built an entire high-speed rail system in just a decade. And then someone says, China in reality, linking up some of these videos. <laughs> this is pretty incredible if you haven't seen this before. Here's the one. Stability. This is a, a solid fundament. Is that what you call a fund? You know, like uh, it's a strong uh, a structure at the root, at the base of of them building this up. It's uh, exactly, uh, bro, bro. It's a quality. Quality. Like, what, what, what even is that? What, what, what is holding that up? Things are just collapsing and like exploding and like and these are the people who are gonna give us like uh, artificial intelligence and like, you know, ugh. Is it bad in the West too? Yeah, sure, there's decay and stuff, but not like this. This is like brand new stuff. They're just falling apart. Potemkin Village. And then juxtapose that with the Evergrande scandal and stuff. Like, China is in a bad spot, folks. Is it a threat? Yeah, no, somewhat, right? But it's like, it's a paper tiger. <laughs> one, one kick and the whole thing just like falls in the water. It's crazy. Odin's Ravens. Says, as the saying goes, you can't fix stupid. Except for my family here in northern Idaho, they uh, all gave, uh, they all, they all gave, like gave in or gave up, I guess, right? Have been vaxxed, uh, vaxxed and boosted. Some have had COVID several times. I have given up to try to talk to them. Yeah, it's it's sad. Some some people are gonna fall for it. It's look, you can, don't feel bad about it. Don't 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 be guilt. Don't be guilt uh, guilted into shame or feel like you've uh you know you didn't do your job or whatever as long as you try as long as you just try to give them and talk to them you know rationally and reasonable give them the material that's all you can do you can show them the door but you cannot force them through it and push them through it that, that that's just how it is it's it's sad uh but look that's also the consequence that's the kind of a, the price to pay for, not the price to pay but that's the um the realization that we come to to kind of understand that this is this is real, right? That the the enemies that we're facing, uh, it, it's it's not some show, it's not some uh, side thing, it's not some la something just to laugh at and whatever. It's it's real. 
it's serious, right? And what do we what do we do about it and stuff? And of course, one of the methods is to partially become try to become independent from it as much as possible. Be in it as much as possible in a way that you can be in the world if you want to and you need to make money and all that kind of stuff. But I also think we need to start having one foot outside of that world parallel to it and starting to build our own institutions, setting up our, our own security, start taking our own side, start building networks that are, um, you know, where we take our own side and we stand up for our own people. We help each other and so forth. Right. Uh, these are uh, important days that we have right now to build those networks, to, to get those things in place. Uh, before potentially things have gone too far in the in the in the nor in normie world or whatever, and I know people work there and they have they make their money there and all that stuff, and that's totally understandable. I'm saying to disconnect from that. In fact, I think it's a benefit to to be in that uh, for now, uh, to essentially work in it and 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 take wealth out of there, but then keep keep the the wealth that you make and the services that you need, keep that uh, to, towards other people that you know. For example, that's just one method on, on how we fight this, right? Without engaging directly with it, you you just start supporting your own people and those who you know are good people that stand up for their people in turn, right? And we you create an, an insular economy, and you create you support each other, you help each other out, you fund each other, and so forth. But you still have a foot in that other world, and you you bring in money from that world essentially and put it into uh, you know our own networks essentially. That's just one method, right? We we discuss a lot of different uh, options and things we can and and, and should do uh, on the show as well. Uh, thank you, uh, Odin's Raven. Uh, appreciate that, and sorry about your family, but uh, it, is, it is what it is. You can't save uh, you can't save everyone. That's just what it's going to be. Um, makes it real as well, right? Ma- makes us realize that the fight is real, and and it's real, and it's close to us. It's it's in our lives. Sometimes it can feel maybe a little bit disassociated. Like, is it really? Is this even a problem? And then you realize, so as soon as your encounter comes up, you come out against the playpen of normie world. You're like, yep, yes, it is. It's like right there, and it's like it can hurt you bad. Like it still has a lot of power. It's a lot of goofy shit that goes on, and it's wacky and crazy, and it's a big circus and a show. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't like hurt you or, or people you love, right? Uh, continuously, that's what it does. Bill Hoover says the reason China's buildings are so weak is because it's not naturally uh, naturally to them. They don't have the Engineering mind like a German or Western European does. Yeah, that could very well be true. But I also thought that they gave them all of this, right? They were their West gave them all of this. They went over there. They showed them how to construct stuff and how to build the conveyor belts. They have tours in Western factories and stuff. And then they just like, yeah, let's outsource everything over there. Globalization process. I'm just wondering why it's just like can't they can't afford it or they're building it so fast that they're squandering quality. I mean, you could, I think you're right to a certain extent, Bill, as well. But I also know that it was Westerners who helped them build these things. Maybe the, maybe these buildings are not. Maybe that's where it is, that the core industrial capacity now that they have, the, the, the factories and machines and so forth, that's the real deal and that's working to produce like all the shit that they're doing for the rest of the world and for us in the West. But maybe the, the stuff that they're building for themselves is of that quality? I, I'm not sure. It's just very bizarre. And I wanted to play this to... You know, we talk about Red Dawn and stuff like that, right? And, and people who are like, well, they're, they'll they'll save us, right? The Chinese, the Belt and Road Initiative will save us. Um, as long as they fight against the degenerate West. Uh, it's they're, they're the good guys, right? But, uh, oh boy, are they a cold, uh, heartless people too. Check out some of these videos. There's two ones. And they, these are, they're very sad. They're very sad. Uh, horrifying, in fact. Um, so be warned. Uh, but it could be good for you to uh, to know this. Imagine one day 
Chinese troops ending up in the West as peacekeeping forces or whatever, or even through the invite of Western forces or let's say the UN or even let's assume they join NATO or some crazy thing. What do I know, right, one day? And then I put like policing European or uh, countries or somewhere in America. And, and, and this that we're going to look at now is part of the mentality, um, how they treat their own even in their own countries and not only their own, but their own children. Some of this. I don't think this is a one-off. I have two clips. I don't think this, these are one-off situations. I think these. This, I, I've seen videos of people being run over and stuff in uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, dash cams footage and stuff like that. And this seems to be a common mentality. Look at this. Look at the boy down in the corner there. It looks like the guy's looking at him at his direction. Am I, am I seeing that wrong? Is he just not seeing him? We just witnessed a young boy drown right there. It, it looks like he's seeing him. It looks like he's just don't give a shit. And even the boy who went down next to him. Is this what... Is this what living in crowded places does to you? That you just you do you end up just not valuing life. It just becomes a nuisance. So even if someone is struggling, have a, have a life and death struggle literally right next to you, they will not care. Yeah, Bill Hoover says uh, that is my point. They have the knowledge to build it, but they take shortcuts and use cheap material. Uh, a Western mind does not let you do that. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right, Bill. Exactly. So they were given it. They didn't follow it, at least for some of it now, more recently. I, guess, I think there's a core there of stuff that they did right, but that was probably just, as you say, when Europeans were there actually overseeing it. And now it's just some weird, like, simulacrum. It's, it's perfect in a way for the artificial environment that we're living in right now. Next clip is even harder to watch. Uh, and it's very sensitive viewers should not watch the next minute here. Um, it's a young boy uh, being, uh, being driven over. 
very hard to watch. But I just what what is I just I'm playing this because I just don't understand what this is. I, I I truly just don't understand the mentality of these people and people. I've seen someone fight back and say, well. No, that's not all of it. This is a lie. But I'm seeing these types of clips like over and over. Like there's there's ch like channels and stuff and uh, tweet accounts and stuff that post stuff like this. Very hard to watch. So just be next minute. If you don't want to watch it, don't do it. Look at this here if you want to see this. So let me just not do that. That's <clears throat> that is just horrific. Uh, I don't really, I don't even know what to say. To be honest, I've seen that a few times now, and it's just. Um, <laughs> how do you think they'll treat us? That's my point too. What do you? If they ever invade another country, what do you? How do you think they'll treat those people? I I, I don't know. It's just very bizarre. And it's like, look, China's not going to save anybody. There's like the, the, some weird Bolshevist, boomer Bolshevik, uh, Nazbol or whatever out there. It's like pro-China, like that, that's some great force against the Western degeneracy or something. Holy smokes. Odin Ravens uh, says, I'm with you, Henrik, on the parallel economy and society. Unfortunately, Andrew Torba has right idea, but only wants to include Christians. I still go and gab, but I think he's wrong about that. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's it, but that's his uh, thing. It's Christian Christianity first. Good luck to him. <laughs> go, go ahead, man. What we need is uh, that, but for uh, for uh, folk first. You know, so does he, I mean, if he becomes an active, like, part against, like, working against white people, then, yeah, then it's a problem. But otherwise, it's just, okay, he's, he's doing his thing over there. Good luck to him. Uh, kind of thing. My my point and the point we've rested. In fact, we did a segment on this, uh, not the pre, not this last weekend warrior, but the one before that. I'm going to put that up on the main channels either later today or tomorrow. Look at that segment. It's like a 20 plus minute segment, uh, kind of about the Christian nationalism versus uh, you know you know pagan nationalism, I guess for, to simplify the terms, and what the difference is, and also how I, I think the latter is far better equipped to deal with. Kind of a built-in ethnocentric um, model, if you will. It's like focus, like baked into the very thing. Uh, whereas Christianity, and of course, there's pro-white Christians too, and that's the point we bring up in the clip uh, that it's not about Christian, uh, shitting on Christianity or Christians. It's just to say, hey, look, if there's this multicultural view with it, like it doesn't matter as long as you're Christian. Then, like, how for us, for me personally, how is that different than anything that's being pushed by global homo right now? And of course there isn't, and I think that's a problem because uh, I don't want to be replaced and we need everyone to uh, be pro-white and work against that because we have everyone else against us too. So why, if you have a good bunch of nationalists who happen to be Christians, 
uh, why should they not be pro-white, right? Anyway, take a look at the clip. I think it's interesting. And, and again, it's a we can have these discussions without like uh, going into bitchy uh, cat fights with each other. Uh, but I think it's an important discussion to be had, uh, especially since that's kind of like catching on a little bit now. It's like Marjorie Taylor Greene is talking about this and Laura Loomer and these people, right? All right. Anyway, so but check that. That clip's coming up. Okay. Let's do a couple more here, and then we got to wrap up, unfortunately. I wanted to show the AI art as well. We can skip some of the robot stuff. They're, they're, they're developing stuff in Ch in uh, Russia. Play a real clip here, too, real quick. Check this one out. This is a uh, <clears throat> new rocket-launching dog that uh, China has uh, developed. The robot debu debu uh, debuted uh, on Monday at Russia's Army 2022 International Military Technical Forum, uh, an arms conference that will continue through the week. The arms conference is occurring amid Russia's war with Ukraine, which has been going for nearly six months. Uh, this particular thing was called an M81 robot dog. It's equipped with an RPG-26. Uh, Fascinating. So they're developing the... Uh, <clears throat> uh, the Terminator technology, essentially. The uh, the AI is going to be weaponized against us, right? Uh, so another one, actually, unfortunately, I won't have time to go into this uh, in detail. Where did it go? Sorry, guys. No. Did I not open that? There's some other crazy stuff. We'll simply end on the AI stuff. stuff. Here we go. Yeah, there's a couple of stories. So I'll, I'll cover those later. Some interesting thing, but it dragged out a little bit. Dead woman talks to mourners at her own funeral. New AI-powered holographic video experience allows grieving loved ones to engage in two-way conversations with deceased grandmother. So there's a company called Storyfile, which creates a digital hologram of an individual prior to their, their death. Now, this is the same... Technology essentially that will lead to so-called chat bots or eventually you will have an avatar. You will talk with an artificial intelligence, but it's going to be in the wrapper of a, a relative or your parents or someone you've lost, a loved one, a friend or something like that. And this is actually a terrifying technology because it will cause you to by bypass all rational capabilities when you actually interact with an ever-increasing, powerful, and more influential artificial intelligence technology out there or deep learning technologies. And they basically will fake this, right? This is part of the artificial synthetic discussion that we're having. Let me play you that video clip. So this is not a real video of her. This is a video generated by AI, essentially, and, and other technology. And then I'm not sure what's holographic about it because they're still showing it as you see if we can get that to update. There we go. They're still showing her on a screen uh, during the funeral. So I'm not sure what that's about. They say holographic, but what, is that just a fancy word? But regardless, the conversation, the words is not, the combination of words is not hers, right? You have an AI analyzing her video, analyzing her audio, and then you can basically type out what it's going to say. I guess they can interact with it now too. But apparently so this, this woman never said this, but this is a video of her talking about her own death at the funeral. I'm so pleased that I met so many good people who influenced my life. And I had happy family life. I had a husband. And I feel my life is planned in that. 
by the Almighty One. And I feel he's coming to conclusion under his guidance because my work here is completed and it's a higher realm to go to. And I've seen my sons doing great things and leading their children. And uh, my sons, and I think that it's such a security to know that they got to where they need to get and they are outstanding people. And I feel the grandchildren will be quite safe, such outstanding fathers. And I also feel that I may not have done everything right, but I have um, done the best I can with God's help. And so I'm ready to go and be with him forever. All right, <clears throat> there you go. Weird, huh? Isn't that weird? Let me see, let me stop that right there. It's auto-playing. Um, so that was a... God, what's happening here? <laughs> Just don't start playing, you know. There we go. Shut up, there we go. Okay. So, uh, down here you see how they uh, created uh, this technology, and this is a huge warning. Huge warning. We've talked about this technology in the past, but this is going to be widely, widely used as we move forward in the future. And so where you think you'll have this like, you know, the kind of sultry female, but kind of tone, tonal, is this the right word? De death, like tone, not tone death, but like a m monotonous, is, is, I'm looking for another word. You know how they do that mother's voice in all the sci-fi movies, the dystopian, is like a female, kind of semi like attractive voice but uh, still kind of like robotic you know what i'm talking about like it's in irobot it's in uh, uh, all, all these movies essentially it's not that, that's not how it's going to be it's going to be in a wrapper that looks like your de deceased mom or dad or or whatever you choose and it would also be this thing where we ex we're going to refuse to accept death. This is another part of the transhumanist thing, right? Disease, uh, sorry, death is a di just a disease that can be conquered. That's some of the view of the transhumanist now, right? We can live forever. We should, whether it's uploading our consciousness to a computer, and that's not what this is. This is more fake than that, but it's kind of leading us to that eventually. And I think it's terrifying, and I think it's incredibly detrimental for people not to accept death, but then begin instead of like, Accepting that and moving on, people will be addicted to having conversations with their deceased friend or parents or relatives or even children, depending on how long they you know, can capture, capture their image like this. And they will continue that conversation with whether it's a chat bot or a fake, you know, a robotic version of them. And it, it's, it's taking us into that perfect, like, uh, you know, basically rea synthetic reality, artificial reality, where we're more and more removed from nature, from everything that's natural, from how things have been. So this is I, I, this should be fought back hard, right? They did one video here too of Shatner. William Shatner spends 90th birthday telling about his story using AI technology. Uh, and I think he, this is, let me see here, story file worked with, William Shatner last year to create a hologram of himself that he said will help preserve his memory and legacy for generations to come. So is this actually, is this the AI video or is this an actual interview? Anyway, let's check this out real quick. What is it to 
Oh, no, that's an AI. You can kind of see that right away. This is generated, but they can do it live, too. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. They, You can sit there with a microphone or whatever, and you ask it a question, and it will talk and respond and interact with you like it's happening right there on the spot, not pre-record or anything. 90. Yeah, 90, and you think, wow. Hey, Bill, what does it feel like to be 90? Yeah, 90, and you think, wow. Wow, I can't die now. Because I've got this thing to do. I've got my, uh, got, we've been picked up for, I guess, two seasons more on, on the Unexplained. Got a lot of shows to film on the Unexplained. I got records to make, albums. I mean. Anyway, you get the point. I don't have to play more of that. You get the point, right? Amazon Alexa may soon be able to read your stories in the voice of a dead relative to help make the memories last. Yeah. Man, will they manipulate this? Maybe get pause, pause. Crazy stuff. This is not good at all. Refuse it at all costs. This is terrifying uh, and horrifying. And as someone said it in chat as well, and it's a point I wanted to make. Artificial intelligence can only mimic and copy. It's only it's synthetic. It's not creative. It doesn't make anything. It doesn't. It just takes of what is already there that you've fed into it, and combine it in new ways, even if that's then turns into a coherent sentence, like with some of these chatbots or the Storyfy technology. And there was a so-called artificial intelligence art video um, that I came across online. We posted it on our Telegram. And if you haven't seen it, this is kind of creepy stuff here. Uh, but this is just really indicative of um, the kind of thing. It's obviously someone has played on this, like synthetic artificial, but then organic at the same time. Anyway, it's a 30-second long clip. Uh, check out this creepy art developed by artificial intelligence. Creepy? <laughs> a little bit? Maybe this is this is one of those, if you can't join, defeat it. Or, or maybe now it's time to reverse that then. AI, if you can't defeat it, join it. Right now it, it's it's merging with us. <laughs> it's, it's going to copy us. It's going to be, become part of it. So, it, so, we, so we will let it in. But it reminded me of this one, uh, the great um, Starship Troopers. Uh, Paul, was it Verdenhoff? What's the director's name again, or the writer at least? Uh, it, it's afraid, right? The, that, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> it's like just some weird blo slimy blob with like eye holes and multiple, you know, I I inputs. But this one has kind of combined digital spaces as well. It's like microchips and cables and uh, electronics inside of it, right? Can you see? Can you not see though how people would be like totally immersed in a world like this and forever explore? It kind of reminds me of the Dali new the engine. You type in a couple of different terms, and it spits back at you combinations of different, um, uh, essentially com combinations of different scenes. 
that it creates. And some of it can look very eerie and bizarre, uh, obviously. But it's all but it's all fake. It's not art, right? It's not art. It's just taking what's images or videos that it's already been fed and just splurting them out in new combinations. And it was another one here too that I saw. Uh, someone who asked an AI, I'm not sure what the engine they're using here, uh, to show GoPro footage of D-Day. And this is how it looked like. I asked an AI to show GoPro footage of D-Day. That is probably da Dolly too, to be honest, that footage right there. Um, let's see if we can find it again. You know, certainly they get the they get the colors right, they get the dramatic uh, things right. Uh, it looks very scary and creepy. I've seen a lot of the Dolly. Uh, there's a Dolly 1 engine, which I think you can access now, but then there's a Dolly 2 they're working on. And uh, people, I think, have, they can sign up now to like get access to it, but I don't think it's widely uh, used for the public yet. Uh, but yeah, this is the this is where it's going. It's creepy, creepy stuff uh, that they're working on, and I think that this will be used to just basically people will be completely immersed in all these new digital, artificial, synthetic worlds. Whether it's you know, then they don't, let's not even talk about what they're actually going to do with synthetic biology. But now we're just talking about like computer or AI generated pictures and images and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, creepy stuff, guys. Creepy stuff. We're in a <clears throat> we're in a, at the cusp of a uh, of a new era, unfortunately, and we gotta deal with it in the right way. We gotta expose us, oh, expose it. What, what, what do we th <laughs> what do we think of it? What what does it mean for us? Is it good? Is it bad? Can it be used? In some cases, yeah, some things can be used. I'm not anti technology, but then the immersiveness of some of this and even the VR stuff is like, nah, nope, I don't, not a believer. I think it will be at the end of the day very detrimental to to us and uh, and uh, to our uh, people. You know. All right. Uh, let me see one last one here from uh, uh, question everything on Odyssey says we need our own homeland. We need to be able to counter their attacks and just get it done regardless the cost and sanctions. They have a point about ma, ma white supremacy. Non-whites are not like us. They do not think like us live or love like us coexistence equals white suffering always yeah i mean and we have uh white uh homelands all of all of europe and america and australia that's all that's all ours uh i, I get your points so i'm not going to counter signal you right away but i sometimes i get a little upset when people are like oh we need an ethno state and it's like well we we have that we just we have to take them back. <laughs> they have to become ours again right and we do that of course we're beginning with step one white identity and we're heading in that direction right now we're going in that direction i think it's unstoppable to be honest more and more white people are waking up uh those that are insane enough they're kind of that they're kind of taking themselves out of circulation to be honest and uh, other people uh, who are more balanced and so forth they're interested in actually building a future uh that is uh worth living not only for themselves but for our uh, descendants all right, guys, I'm going to wrap up right there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Gone over a little bit of time here, but uh, I appreciate you. Check out the latest, uh, that was way, the latest Weekend Warrior show. Great stuff. And the one before that, too, by the way, really good stuff. You're missing out if you're not over there. RedEyesMembers.com. Sign up over at Subscribestar.com slash RedEyes. That's one good way of signing up, but we have other options for you. So if you go to RedEyesMembers.com, Set up an account right there. We don't need anything more than a username that can be random random username. 
and an email, which can be, of course, any email, so it is not tied to you if you're concerned about those things. Um, none of the payment things that we, is, uh, that we have, the systems that we use, are not nothing is stored on our end or anything like that, so that's always very secure. It's not an issue with that. Uh, but yeah, sign up over there. Get into the members section uh, and uh, make sure that you uh, not only support us, but get access to some of the uh, best stuff that we do. Um, the uh, Weekend Warrior Show is, is uh, some of the shows we spend the most time on. Uh, really good stuff, folks. Uh, you can also join us over at uh, entropystream.live slash TV. That's uh, a, uh, uh, you can sign up for a 10, uh, sorry, I'm looking for another clipper. You can sign up for a month-to-month -month recurring. Uh, it's 10 bucks a month. Uh, or you can do a one-time payment and that uh, we have subs from three months all the way up to two years. Uh, whatever works for you and it gets cheaper uh, per month as well. It's down to like six uh, six bucks, 50 cents or something like that per month if you do a longer one for two years. And by the way, thank you to our executive producers as well. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown and Chalky Milk, our latest edition. Thank you guys. We appreciate you very, very much. Again, as I say, executive producer tier. Uh, we do have a producer tier as well if you want to check that out. Uh, get your name plastered uh, at the end of the show in our end credits here. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. There's a couple of other options as well up on the site. You can check that out at redassmembers.com. But the Cash App, we do crypto. We have a mailing address uh, and a couple of different options as well. All right. I think we're caught up. Let me check one more time here before I let you guys go. I appreciate your support. Uh, everyone who's super chatting today, thank you so much. And as always, big thanks to our executive producers and members, of course, of the show. Uh, we'll be back with more soon, guys. Take care. We have uh, some shorter videos coming up, so look out for those as well. We should be able to finish those, I think, by tomorrow here, uh, to be honest. Really good stuff in the pipeline. RedEyes.tv and RedEyesMembers.com. Make your ancestors proud because they're always watching. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like red ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.